It's your boy, Woody Woodbeck, and welcome to the first ever holiday extravaganza episode of What's Up, Woody. I could not be more excited because what a show we have for you. Now, clearly, I kind of messed up at the beginning. I'm just going to own it. The record button may or may not have been hit. Um, <laughs> so a first part of the show is missing a little bit, but there is so much show and it's so crazy and it's so good. You're going to love it. For the first time ever, I have a co-host, Marie, from MTV's The Real World, St. Thomas, and The Challenge, of course, Cameron Ross from America's Got Talent. He's an amazing country artist. The OG, Norm, from The Real World, New York, and Homecoming on Paramount+, Plus. Karen Huger, the grand dame from The Real Housewives of Potomac on Bravo, and my fave, Kimberly Locke from American Idol, Season two, I she she has so much going on. Everyone has so much going on, and we talk about it all. So just go with where we pick up with Cameron's interview. I apologize to him in advance, but please, please, please enjoy the show and happy holidays. Um, sorry. Um, and so we just closed on our first house together, and so all that stuff. Um, has been like going great. So we've, we're in a really good place and he has his own gig and deal um, right now with his baking and he's continuing to do that because he was on Sugar Rush and neither of us when we met knew each other were on these different shows. So um, we're, we're, we're really good. We're in a really good place. Not engaged yet though. Okay, that's fine. As long as I can be a girl, that's all that matters to me. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> he, he owns a house. He's doing way better than most of us out there. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially us New Yorkers. Yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, that, for yeah real. That, never, that, that kind of stuff never happens. So right now- Wait, Cameron, doing- Cameron, I have to ask. Are you a fire sign? Am I what? A fire sign. A fire sign. I'm a Libra. He's a Libra. I love Libras. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not very big into like different signs. So I don't know what many of them mean. All I know is I'm a Libra and I try to keep the peace. And yeah. that's very true. Yeah. Libras are super, super chill. Super chill. <laughs> I try to be. I, I thought you- try to be like that person that's like, let's figure out and understand each other first. I have like zero chill. So I appreciate that about you. But I honestly <laughs> thought you were... I thought you were Leo because you have like the most fire eyebrows I have ever seen. Honestly, I, I wish that I wish that people could see. Oh my god! I will say they are very well groomed. If that makes wow. sense. Wow! Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate it. Leo. Leo, my partner is. I I don't I don't know what his sign is. I'm really bad at this. Um, but he is the fiery one in the relationship. That's for sure. Like I'm the one that's like, okay, let's. Oh yeah, she's, she's, she's like, like four foot seven, and she's spicy, honey. Oh, honey i've been looking at his instagram i've been looking at the instagram this whole time they are they are spicy together (laughs) they are are for sure so i want to do i want to throw it to commercial really quick and then i want to do the top because the for the zoom stop recording for some reason but we can still do the top and i want to do the top again with you cameron um all right we are back and we are here with what's up woody we're doing our holiday extravaganza i'm with my co-host marie from mtv's the real world 
World St. Thomas. And of course, you've seen her on the challenge and X on the beach. The bitches ran around the block. Uh, and yes, I say bitch with the loving, most sincere approach. <laughs> We're chatting thank you, with thank you. Cameron Ross, <laughs> who's an uh, openly gay country musician, singer, just fantastic guy. You guys need to check him out, find him on social media. And of course, his music is on iTunes and everywhere else you can stream. Pretty gay guys that's saying great music <laughs> uh cameron and i have been friends for a while his boyfriend was on another show that i did uh called sugar rush and just the nicest guy in the world love him to pieces so cameron uh talk to me about what you have coming up what's coming up in the music scene for you like what are you what are your plans what do you got going on and then we'll get into a holiday question then we'll go into our next guest okay yeah it um it recently i december i said i was going to take a little bit of break so we moved into a new house and so december i was like you know i'm going to take a little bit of time off because we were traveling like once covid stopped and things started opening back up we were traveling every other week and so lately i've just been trying to brainstorm some stuff to write about so that once we hit the new year we can start and really hit the ground running um and so i'm hoping to put out some new music and finish the full either ep or album to put out um, but I'm trying to push some new boundaries. So much like me being an openly gay country singer, I, um, you know, I'm trying to push that boundary of country music. I'm also kind of venturing into other genres lately. So like my, um, if I could go back, we remixed to have like an EDM, almost like country vibe. And I absolutely, it's probably one of my favorite like mixes I've ever done. And then Coming up in the future, I've really gotten into like Latin music. So I'm like really experimenting like Spanish, Latin music and with country music and seeing where we can kind of play almost that Selena role in things. Um, and so, and you know, I have to drop Selena, her being from Texas um, and a huge icon. So that's what the kind hugest, of <laughs> The hugest icon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I literally, there's a place in the neighborhood that has everything Selena this week and you walk in there, I'm obsessed with it. Um, but yeah, so like that's kind of where their direction we're trying to go. I still want to stay like to my roots of country music going into the future, but at the same time, I really want to push like venturing out into other genres like R&B, pop, um, Latin music and kind of take all these influences and kind of make something like just really good that everybody can enjoy no matter what genre you like, you know? So that's kind of the direction, hopefully, this new year. Once January comes around, we're really going to hit the ground running to try to create and put out there. That's great. I, I love that. And remember to own that creative freedom because don't let anybody put you in a box, child. Just because you were on a reality show and said that you were a country singer <laughs> and you were out doesn't mean yeah. you can't put out some some oh, okay. team whatever you want to put out don't <laughs> yourself and, and be true to that yeah. you know what i want to ask you really quick two last questions yeah. um number one what was it like um uh auditioning because i rewatched your audition because you auditioned during covid right so there was yeah. nobody in the room and you were there with simon and sophia and howie so what was that first audition like um so the first like audition it was it was very different. So things were changing by the second, like production was starting to shut down everything. I think I was the second to last person on the stage um, that they filmed. And so like everything is changing. You don't know what's going on. Nobody really knows what's going on with COVID. And so I was just hoping that I had the chance that we would film this year and I wouldn't get pushed to next year or a virtual kind of audition thing. Um, 
And so there's just so much unknown, but there was so much pressure at the same time. So it's like, it, it was my first experience being on a, a show like that. So it's like, I have a million things running through my mind. And so once I made it to my audition, it did, actually didn't air or they cut, you know how production does, like it, you cut out certain pieces and kind of piece everything together. I actually sang my initial song after like Simon stopped me. So um, much like, you know, during my audition, Simon like raised his hand and it's like the iconic thing that Simon does where he raises his hands and you think, well, oh crap, he's going to tell me you suck. You really don't need to be doing this. Give up music. And I'm saying a million things are running through my mind. I literally forget everything, like literally everything. And so he starts talking and he's like, I need you to slow down the song um, and sing it acapella. And we did that. And um, then he asked me if I wanted some water. And it's like, what do you say? Like, no, I don't want any water. Of course, I said yes. <laughs> so Terry brings out some water. And like, I forget my lyrics to my music, like, completely. I'm like, I don't know what I'm singing. I don't know the name of the song. Like, my nerves are all over the place. And then I finally caught the first word. And I just started singing. And um, he asked me to sing another song. So we went through all that. But it's literally like, the second that we, during that initial audition, um, were like everything shut down right afterwards in LA. I thought it was my first time in LA. And so I really haven't even gotten to go back out to see, experience like what it is once it's all open yet. Um, but I mean, it was, it was cool, but it was different because you didn't get to experience a lot of the things that you normally would through this process. Because even when we went back to the live shows, we were quarantined, like you couldn't go to the pool, you couldn't go to the gym, like you were stuck in your hotel room, you, they were bringing you all of your meals, things like that. So it's like, you couldn't go anywhere or experience much of anything. So it, was, it wasn't the normal process for everything. Like the second, the only time you weren't wearing a mask was when you were like on stage. And that, outside of that, you had to wear a mask everywhere. So it was, it was very different, but I will say AGT swerved and tried to pull up this amazing production, which they did amazing because we shot on the Universal lots once we made it to the live shows. Um, and it just turned out, it turned out really cool. It was, it was, it was really neat. There's some things that I would definitely do different and some things that I would stick to my guns with, like when it comes down to who I am and what I want to do. Um, but overall, it was like, it was a really good experience. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, and I've and I've talked to so I have so many friends who have been on competition shows, whether they're the challenge or idol or the voice or whatever. Yeah. Just you know, it's the nature of the beast when you get to that point. Like you kind of gotta give and get a little, yeah. like you gotta kind of like you still want to be true to who you are, but then at the same yeah. time, like you're being seen by millions of people, you're given a platform, and you know, like so it's it's tough. I I understand both aspects of that. Um, okay, quickly, your holiday must have. What can you what can you not go without during the holidays? Besides your boyfriend's dick. Buddy, <laughs> <laughs> I had to well, go there. Mom. I mean, Somebody Leo, Leo, Leo has a really good butt, and it's huge. So that is definitely one thing I can't go without. Yes. Um. You, yeah, and if you don't, you have to go. It's all over his Instagram or mine, either one. Yeah, um, many but time. yeah, <laughs> outside of that, I don't know. Like during the holidays times, like I like if we're talking about food, my grandma makes the best devil's eggs. Um, and I'm originally from Houston, so for Christmas we'll go down to Houston. We have to get a pie from a place called Flying Saucer. It is literally like, the best pies you will like ever taste outside of Leo's. Um, or his cakes, whatever you want to call. Um, but Both versions it, of those cakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's I, I would say that's definitely a must-have. But 
I don't know. Usually at some point I'll go out. So my family leases a ranch uh, throughout the year. So we'll usually make time to go out there at some point throughout the winter and just kind of like hang out because you have no cell phone service. There's no distractions and it's just kind of enjoying everybody's time. So it's always a good thing to do during the holidays. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. I listen, I've reposted, I posted, I just, I love you to pieces. I think you're so talented and I love people that are authentically and continue to be themselves when they're given platforms to, to do something that is, um, honest and real and continue to do that in your music. Where can people follow you on social media? Um, you can find me on all social media, Cameron with a K, uh, Ross, so Cameron Ross, um, or Cameron Ross official, just depending on, I think that's the only one that's different for Facebook, but definitely look me up on iTunes, everywhere, Google me, you'll find me. Yes. Well, I thank you so much. I did. You. I did. Make sure you give Leo a big hug from me. And tell them I love them the pieces. And I can't wait. I'm coming to Dallas soon. I'm going to see you guys. You know, I'm there. You better. You have a place to stay. Anytime you come, you let us know. We have, well, we have I got, I got to figure out a way to get you guys on, on my show. But I love you to pieces. Thank you so love much, Cameron. I appreciate you. Happy holidays, buddy. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thanks, Bye, guys. Ma'am. Take care. Bye. See, Marie, that wasn't painful at all, was it? Oh, you my God. Not-, not even painful. First off, the way that you were just playing with your hat while you were looking at him, so telling. Your Santa hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that a few times sorting with him. <laughs> uh, we're going to keep the show moving. And of course, what's up, Woody, on all platforms that podcasts can be streamed. My guest host is the one and only Marie from Real World St. Thomas. She's been on the one whole hand of challenges and also X on the Beach on MTV. I just I'm so happy you're here. This is so great. This is like full circle. I'm so, I'm so excited for our next guest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am too. And I think you guys might have a little something in common. I am so thankful. I reached out to him and he said yes. And I'm just so happy that he's here. It's my LA OG, the OG that helped start it all from the first ever season of the real world in New York City. Norm, welcome. Of course, also on Paramount Plus now streaming now, homecoming New York. Holy shit balls. It's my normie. How are you, my friend? Mr. Woody, you're looking great. Happy what? holidays, Marie. I haven't met you officially. Hi, yeah. Seen you run about. So there you are. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on. It's just, um, it's so hard to, you know, get Norm to do anything these days. He's very busy. This Paramount <laughs> Plus show is, has just, you know, electrified my life. So it's, you know, go, 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 go. But hi, how is everyone? Where are people? What's going on? Well, I'm at I'm my going. home that I tried to set decorate. Okay. Although I, you in LA still? so you know, last time I saw you it was like in LA, Woody, and I don't know when that. I know was. I'm living back on the East Coast. Um, oh, I had that, my mom. News. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Well, you know, she's a new, once in New York and always in New York. Although I'm living in Chicago. always in New York. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, uh, I'm so happy to be back. I, you know, there's something at the, and I'm, I know you spent a lot of time out here, and obviously your season was here, and you spent time here. Yeah, I'll be there that. next week. Are oh, you, you will. Great. Well, city, maybe we'll have to see each other. If I'm not out of town, I'm going on the road for a while. But yes, the three of us will <laughs> be on the road. <laughs> but I, um, you know, when I, when I first met you, I remember we met at Fubar in LA. Yes. 
This was years ago and I had just started promoting and I was yeah. casting real world in the background club for Buna Buna. at the same yeah. time. And I went up to you and I was like, probably had just had enough cocktails. And I was like, went up with balls of steel, like, <laughs> hey, oh, my God, you're the guy from the real world. And I love you. And um, I'm also <laughs> casting the show. <laughs> and you were like, what? And I was like, do you want a shot? <laughs> um, but I remember you were so kind and so nice. I remember talking about that afterwards. And like, I can only um, actually I can't even imagine what kind of trip or mindfuck in some ways that is to have been a pioneer it's like you know jeff jenkins is a really good friend of mine he's my mentor i love him in pieces but like people that and Fernaz and russell j and like these people i worked at bina murray and like spearheaded shows like the real world and road rules and like and kardashians and like made these cultural okay. iconic shows yeah like just like it's got to be mind-boggling but then like for us behind the scenes but then for you guys to be on camera and like to really understand the magnitude and impact that that those first several seasons had. And I remember watching them sitting on my living room couch and my mom would go to the grocery store and I would sneak and turn the TV on because she wouldn't let me watch them otherwise. <laughs> I know. I've heard so many stories. I know people, I, oh, Norm was too spicy for TV. Well, you know, you know, back in the day, um, in 92, if you had a gay character, A, no one would talk about gay. In fact, and John Murray was so terrified that he, he'd be outed that he hid. You know, it was mm -hmm. Mary Ellis was always the front person. But you, people were really terrified. You lost your job. You lost it all. Goodbye. Kick, caboodle your house, your dog. You know, they kicked you in the ocean. You were gone. And so, um, I mean, it, it's so shocking. But in, I think in 92, if you even had a gay character, unless it was tragic and you laughed at them as a joke, you got an R rating. So to even have somebody, that's why you didn't see a lot of gay characters on television at that point, because the, whatever the ratings were so strangulated and the regulations that, you know, because we were reality television and there was like, you know, constitutional rights, you know, coming out of our mouths that um, it wasn't scripted. If it was scripted and controlled, that means the, 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 I don't know what it is, the, the board, the national television board or whatever it is, it gives oh, ratings. It's like, oh, yeah, well, there's a gay person and that's R, so we don't have any R ratings on, you know, broadcast television, so gays won't show up there ever because they were literally an R rating. <laughs> and just to be so terrified, you know, with people is that even if it was so hard to create allies, like people didn't really have allies because it was so toxic that, it, you know, you're born in a a culture of toxic world and all that stuff. And, you know, but, you know, when you lived in New York, you did have, you know, you had like the gay and lesbian centers and you had little pockets of places that for someone like me that came from Michigan, I was like, you know, there's somewhere out there and there's a community. I'm going to go find them and, and go be part of that. And when the show came to be for me, um, I was like, this is great. Cause I'm protected. I'm in New York. Who cares? I'll probably never leave Manhattan my whole life. And this would be great to broadcast this, you know, New York, you know, to, to do something that Los Angeles can't do is to create, you know, this, this groundbreaking television show where people of so many different backgrounds and so many different, it was like, uh, you know, unlike anything and literally just, you know, stir up television, a big pot, you know, unfortunately for the, the, the couple years after the show, you know, I kept a, you know, a, everything's wonderful in my life, but you know, it wasn't, you know, definitely nobody would hire me. No one would talk, you know, it was, it was how it was. And it was going to take another five or six years to keep knocking down for more people to come out and more stories to be told. And, 
And, and the great thing with Buna Murray and with MTV is they, they continued that. And, and, and the audience continued that because, you know, it, people saw how much people were hurting. I mean, we weren't inventing anything. This was really real. I mean, yeah. you know, we weren't some myth. We weren't Bigfoot running around like gay people. Like, <laughs> right, there's none right. of them in Michigan. People and people it's like the work. country of Iran when the president's like, well, we don't have that here in our country. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. And people weren't, and no people weren't questioning whether it was real or not. Yeah. People what? Knew it was I mean, real. we're real yeah. people. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. What are you talking about? I mean, it's just yeah. how it is. You know, the biology yeah. that you're going to get that. And so um, it's just been incredible to see this incredible arc. And uh, it was really great to come back to do this um, homecoming show because it, 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 you know, one of the things that was odd for me was that they were so terrified. They didn't know, but they couldn't even ask you. They, you know, they're like, are you dating somebody? That was the litmus test to get on the show. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But you know, um, and they gave me the contract, but you didn't ask me who I'm dating. Cause they weren't allowed to. And I said, I date guys. And they were like, Whoa. it was like, you could just have seen an iceberg yeah. drop in the <gasps> room. Like what? <laughs> Yeah. Well, to your point, to your point. So I have, I have, I think more so of a statement one and then a question. So first off right now, you guys can't see him, but he's wearing a Stonewall in um, sweatshirt, which I was shaking my ass at last weekend. Okay. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's the greatest, but you know, as someone who is also on the real world and you being the OG hands down to you, I'm so curious to understand, you know, what was your casting process like? Because essentially like you were, you were the first, you guys were the first season ever. So like, how did you even get involved? You know, like, were you walking on the street somewhere? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. So for my, for me, um, is that I actually had a, a very large loft in Brooklyn and um, it was much bigger than the original loft. So they were, they were coming, you know, we would rent it out for film shoots and video shoots just to make a little extra money. And so the, the MTV came to look at our loft in Brooklyn and the, they loved it, but they were like, oh, none of us want to take a subway at night when we're done filming to go back into Manhattan, you know, so, w- you know, we're not going to pick your loft in Brooklyn. But, you know, they continued to get stoned on my couch and play with my big Great Dane Gouda. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and, and I, I, it was like, I don't know, like a month later that they called and said, oh, my God, we just had the best time in your loft. And, you know, you had all this great stuff going on with the Guggenheim Museum and all this art stuff. And, you know, I, I was working with the diaspora of Andy Warhol. So I I'd continued to work with all of them and had a lot of interesting characters in and out of my life. And uh, so they were like, this is great. You, you sound like you have a lot of interesting people to bring to the table and stuff. Um, and of course, some of the people I brought to the table that didn't make show because you couldn't have them on there were like RuPaul and Lady Bunny. Yeah. And they, they were there, <laughs> filmed in the loft all the time, but you couldn't have drag queens. So none of my real friends, because I've known them since day one when they came to town. And we it's started so funny you stock. and I have that in common with Lady Bunny. She, she's been on the show. We did amazing podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you have to listen to it. We have because her and I see polar opposites when it comes to politics. And, you know, she's very ver- verbal about how she feels about certain things. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, she used to live right across from like Benny's Burrito over there on Christopher Street. And we always would just crack up because we'd call it Bunny Watch because um, she's got, he has bright red hair. Or did um and um and then all of a sudden when she's getting all worked up to go to one of her shows she'd come out it's a tiny little apartment right across from that place right there Benny's breed on him know if it's still in the West Village um but yeah so anyhow um that's kind of how I got lured into this whole thing and, and I it's really so interesting. 
It's so, I'm yeah. sorry. It, it's just so interesting how organic it was in, at the start. You know, I think, I think even now towards like later seasons, well, maybe not later seasons of the real world, but other shows now, it's so like, no. they're always looking into like how many followers someone has on social media and, you know, all of these other things that go into this process it. where with you guys, like from the very get, it was like, I met yeah. this person, you know, they were different. They were, they were out there and they were not afraid to share who they were versus yeah. everyone out there now who is, I mean, we're all out there now, right? Social media, right. like everyone's, everyone has this platform and to go back to where you guys were, is just... It's it's crazy. Like it's really nuts. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, so I don't know if you get a chance to see the the homecoming and stuff. Oh, like of that. course, of course. Are you kidding me? I haven't finished it. You know, it's on my holiday platform. It's on. Um, it's. I it's have. The it's there in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you get to see Norm cry, and so yeah. Um, but it's yeah, so I but, you know I basically you know I left the, the Los Angeles. I wasn't sure uh, if you were still there. What are you in LA? But you're back in New York. Are you in the city area or I'm literally like 20 minute bus ride from the city? I live on the oh, water. He's in Jersey now. He's in Jersey yeah, now. Don't be a- nice. say it loud, say it proud, Woody. New York because I'm literally <laughs> like I could spit and hit Central Park. You can see it from outside. Oh, that, that is awesome. I know. Well, when we shot the show, it was in such lockdown phase that we couldn't um do anything you know go out we couldn't do anything i mean and even not doing anything eric got the covid and then the the cast and the i mean the crew got covid too so then we lost two whole episodes we were supposed to shoot eight episodes and bam everything was like run get out of this apartment 30 people have it all the whole you know crew behind the wall is contaminated and like two people had to like try to do our interviews like and I'm like, well, you got it. Okay, so we we're all trying to help them because they're like, now we're gonna get fucking contaminated from the last two people because yeah. the vaccines yeah. weren't out at that time. So um, I didn't get a really a, a good chance to see New York whatsoever when I came in. So I'm looking forward to it because I'm coming back and and on the show I did this. Um, the, the roommates convinced me to do some artwork on camera, which I thought, oh god, that's gonna be so cheesy. But you know what? It really turned out to my benefit because a lot of people connected to my story and 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 has sought me out to get this artwork that which has helped put me back onto my path and um so some people in new york said hey we really want you to be part of a group show we're going to be doing it in about eight months or so so i'm now going to be coming back next week and it's it's in tribeca so that is good uh so i'll be in new york heather b will be there and kevin can people can people see your work on your social or yeah they can see my work on my social i need to re-update my website used to be able to see all of the different styles of work that I did. And I have just literally, as soon as I started to do these rabbits that um, I told a story about on the show, um, people just really were like, I want one of those. I want one of those. And I've literally been painting around the clock for like, oh gosh, it's been about six months now, you know? So I've done about 70 of them. And uh, yeah, so I need to update the, the website, but yeah, the website we'll have all the information and, and where the location is there in Tribeca somewhere. I think Warren's when you, somewhere. When you take, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to let Marie take mm-hmm. over for the next two minutes. So I can go pee really quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I drink too much coffee. It's my, it's my own fault. Um, but when you think about like where you were personally from when you yep. first did that first season, and then you come back and you're in the same loft, same neighborhood, yep. And you're in creating this new version of the show where it's like all these years later, knowing that the real world, I, I was telling Marie this earlier, the real world 
if you read my resume with all of my credits over the past 16 years, it is the number two show that I am asked about most. And but is the number one for me that I'm the most proud of because it impacted so many people's lives and the the phenomenon of what that is. Yeah, I've worked on four different Housewives franchise. Great. But Mm And there are great shows and I love all of those shows and those experiences. But like when you really think about culturally an impact that something had on society, you think about the real world. And so what was it like for you to go back to that? Well, you know what? Yes. You know, there are a couple of things were like leading up and into it. Um, And I don't know if you got a chance, but um, Andy Cohen had a history of reality television on E and he did a four part special. And so we definitely were at the tip of the spear when you talk about reality television and he brought us into the studios, which were taped actually at, at um, Buna Murray there in Los Angeles. So they flew us in prior to even coming up with this idea for the, the homecoming. And so there was four of us and Eric was there and oh my gosh, Andy Cohen just started to ball. He, I mean, we sat down on the couch and he, and it was like uncontrollable. Like when he saw us and we hadn't seen each other like this for a while, but just me and Julie and Heather and, and Eric, he just started to cry. And he just said, you have no idea what, how this has impacted my life and, and made me become who I wanted to be and my authentic self and have that freedom and that respect and have a community to respect me and a paycheck to come with it. Yep. And all of that like was laid down from the beginning of us. Like we yeah. literally were the moss of this giant gay forest that grew up and here he was <laughs> in Redwood thanking yeah. the little tiny moss creature that gave him, you know, the fertility for his life. I mean, so same here, was- same here. You guys, <laughs> you guys so, birthed me as well. So, so I-, I, I mean, it was really happy to see, you know, some of that. Um, and then here you are, you got to go to a glamorous place and shoot the show. <laughs> I couldn't even get them to take me on a vacation to Queens (laughs) and then all these other seasons are like the real world London the real world like the real world lunar base listen (laughs) I I was the real world St. Thomas and there was nothing luxurious about that okay so (laughs) yeah yeah but you know what I did so I did watch your homecoming I thought it was the coolest thing ever It, it was just like First off, the way that they shot it versus like playing it against, mm. you know, the original, I thought was just so beautiful and just like there's so, all these feels. But I do have a question about it. Yeah, there I've uh, OK, so forgive me for this, but I do forget the woman's yep. name. Um, Becky. She Becky, Julie, Heather, Becky. Yes, Be- Becky was the one. I know them all. Becky Eric, left. Kevin. <laughs> Becky yeah. left early, right? On, on this last yeah. one. I'm yeah. curious. Have you spoken to her since then? One yeah. and two, you know, from from for me when I was watching, I was like, it's kind of crazy that you know you kind of have this opportunity to come in here and you know mm-hmm. really open your mind and open the discussion about things. And for her to leave like that, I, I just was like, does she regret that? I don't know if you know if she regrets that, you know, or no, she doesn't. And yes, Ugh. we've spoken, and she does. Just she snaps back into like, I mean, she's got a really fixed sense of who she is where she wants to go and she lives in that and everybody else is just literally there. over there you know yeah. and she that's how she's going through you know her life and and that's how she's navigated this far and it seems to work for her because you know she's got her own universe that she's comfortable in and the people that <laughs> she's comfortable you know she goes on that path um and uh, it's 
I, I just like I think it was a, a lot of unfortunate things. I think COVID disconnected people and we were in the height yep. of like just a whole year of disconnection and social interaction and just, you know, all of that type of stuff. And, um, and I, I just think that everything just kind of caught her off guard. I think even with the show, I, she was like someone that just looks in the front, never looks in the rear view mirror, never looks yeah. backward. I don't think she really even saw the show or cared to see the show. And it was just something that was right there. And that's, and there's so many people like that in life and they're very fortunate to be like that in life. You know, like they just can continue to drive their car forward. Yeah, yeah. And luckily there's an off ramp for you somewhere, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. you know, you know, luckily you don't get, you know, a detour and stuff. And so all of a sudden there was like a little bit of a detour and I, you know, we couldn't leave. I mean, it wasn't like when we did the show originally, you could leave the loft, you could go off on your own, you could go back to your own apartment, you could go, 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 go. And this time around, no. And I don't think she realized, you know, the real world's now gone into like 20 plus seasons. They have this thing down. Yeah. Cameras are down. I mean, we had one, we had two cameras. We had barely microphones at work. The whole house is wired, woman. Yeah. Everything. Social media. I mean, like all of this has evolved over 30 years. And I could, I got a kind of a sense of that when we were doing just some pre stuff with Paramount Studios. And there was 30 different people on the phone calls. It was like social media and this and that, all the different stuff, just kind of pre prepping us. And the questions she was asking in those meetings, I was like, Oh my gosh, she really doesn't have a clue about like we're in 2020. Oh my you gosh, know, we're, we're a little what, different than early talking 90s. like yeah. And I yeah. so I was a little bit you know I I was I wanted to be a little protective of her. I like to be protective of anyone that needs protection. That's Absolutely. just my gig. You know, I'm just kind of a shield. And so when and when we were in a conversation, it just went on like what you see on television. You know, you know these shows. It's I mean, that thing was going on for an hour and I was like kicking the leg and kick stomping on the foot, nudging. And I'm like, I saw, we saw it. We saw it. (laughs) This is getting worse, you know, I'm like, and it's so hard to just kind of like, you know, break that wall and say, girl, do you understand what's happening here? (laughs) Not today, (laughs) sister. Not today, please. I want to say, um, you know, uh, for me, and I'm going to totally be cheesy here, I, I um, am really grateful for... <sighs> totally going to be cheesy, okay. Oh, gosh. I am, I'm very grateful for someone like you. Um, and I say that with the most uh, sincerity because I don't think gay boys like me from upstate New York um, would have ever been able to be who we are if it wasn't for people like you. And I mean that wholeheartedly. And I, and you know, I love you to pieces and I just, you know, we fight to feel accepted and to be understood. And, you know, like I look back and I look at those early seasons a lot, like when I'm studying, because what I love about my job is that I get to study people. Right. And I look at those early seasons and I look at you and I look at the Pedros and remember watching those things and what it was like to see the uh, same sex marriage for the first time, you know, on TV and like, just like these moments of 
what reality TV is so great at is being able mm-hmm. to really make people see something that is so special and something so unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to see you now all these years later um, and still looking like you haven't aged a bit, um, <laughs> you know, like it's just, it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing of what it means to be a part of what reality TV is right. Or, or TV in general and, and the strides that we have seen over the years, you know, like, and what that means. And I, I, I really truly mean that I, I, you know, it's an honor to put real world on my resume. It's an honor to put housewives on my resume. It's an honor mm. in every way, shape, or form, because I know that I have been able to impact people in the way, in a small way that you have, you know, and I hope that you, I hope that you receive that and understand that and understand like, yeah, we saw your brass balls, bro. <laughs> like we, we got it. We, we saw how brave you were to come out and be on the first season of the real world and go down and, you know, television history as somebody who really changed a lot of people's lives. And that's a big deal. Well, I, I, I certainly appreciate that. And, um, and, and things just kind of needed to, needed to change, you know, um, you know, we were at the time people were just a lot of my friends. I had a lot of colleagues in college, close friends, you know, past my gallery dealers, they, they passed away from AIDS and, 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 and the paintbrush was already so horrible for us. But then this one was so toxic. And then the only big voices out there were Robert Maplethorpe, who I loved and knew and was in the art world with. And, you know, but that he was presenting and he was an incredible, talented artist, but his visionary, a lot of America was completely thrown off. And so that was like one of the biggest voices of the time, you know, and no one, anyone that had a, a career that was instantly in jeopardy. So um, the show came along just at a perfect time. You know, and it was probably really good that, you know, that they were only paying $100 an episode uh, (laughs) because anybody that had any money was not going to risk it. I mean, it would take some time for like Ellen to look at the statistics, you know, and see, you know, and or Elton John or any of these people to look at MTV Mm -hmm. and look at the marketing and look at people like you said, some we're we're all here. We need to support this. You know, it's, you know, this is viable. This is who we are and all that important, all this important groundwork kind of came out of it, you know, and I started to see some of the, you know, the woke millennials and as the, the terrible, um, the George Floyd thing was going down in the spring, the real world got trotted back out and they started to show Jew and a lot of people who weren't even born. I can't believe that these people are like of age had never seen the real world because they were never born. In fact, they, you know, so they had looked at like oh norm's a bisexual and they 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 latched onto these things they they pick up on google you know and i'm like well that was something that needed to be corrected i mean mtv made me into bisexual because they couldn't sell the show to mcdonald's so i needed all these years you know the gay community have like you know you've got all these people they go to do their little visibility history on apple tv and the history of, of, of television and oh norm said bisexual make sure he's never included in the history of television um and i'm like okay how did you all get here in the first place but, um, <laughs> right. everybody's a little bit gay i swear uh, <laughs> and so I, it's just shocking and so it was a great opportunity when mtv came back because i said a lot of these people have 
used Google and they don't even know what the world was like in 92 or how this came about. And I said, yeah, I'd like to come back and, and, and kind of remind people, you know, that, you know, <laughs> that there was, you know, this thing that people want to go, oh, reality television, all this kind of stuff like that really had such a bigger impact, you know, that allowed people, I mean, it was a medium that, that created allies and created communication across the country, not only the country, the world. I mean, I mean, in Russia, I mean, places that like literally still, it's hard to come out MTV penetrated. They, you know, that a lot of people. Like, 100%. Oh, I mean, MTV's, if you, if you really look you know, back, I mean, like, really literally look between you guys being at the March on Washington, right? You guys for your season yeah. were there. And then not only that, but if you look at somebody like Pedro season three, like yeah, the president I mean, honored him and like what that like it clearly showed yeah. that you guys did something that was right. It and was and not really, it was, that's really beautiful. That's a really beautiful thing. And something that yeah. both of you guys should be proud of being a part of and the franchise of what that is. And yeah. um Norm, I could talk to you all day long. We'll have, I'm going to have, I want to do an episode where I just yep. bring all of my, I want to, I want to start off the episode being like, on this podcast, I bring eight strangers from different cities. <laughs> have like right. eight different, uh, eight different of my favorite like cast members from Real Worlds or whatever that yeah. I've done, and like have you guys on. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, you know what I, I'm asking everyone? Like, is yeah. there like one holiday must have? Like, you know, for me, it's Mariah Carey. So, you know, that's always going to be. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, well, I love uh, some Burl Ives, you know, a little bit of his Christmas crooning. And um, I, you know, for me, it's uh, just family and playing card games. You know, we, we have this this crazy game that my brother-in-law kind of came up with called Pegs and Jokers. And it's just this insane cards and Pegs and Jokers. And it keeps us up eating or drinking our eggnog and um, and I'm here in Michigan, northern Michigan, off of Lake Superior. So the temperature like zips down to about negative 21 degrees. Ugh. And so we always do, um, you know, we take shots of water and see how long, you know, we take guesses when it'll freeze solid, you know, with like 15 minutes or 10 <laughs> minutes, you know. So it's like you know, ice races and stuff. Um, and snowmobiling, we just we love that. So uh, those are all super must-haves. Well, um, I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I want to introduce you to my uh, next guest because this is like a cultural phenomenon moment right here yeah, <laughs> i'm like freaking out over here wow you've got everyone stacked up here yeah i do i was already I like hey, i mean i completely that your last guest cameron i was like you know we're a little bit of like um talent show junkie so i was like oh my gosh <laughs> woody's got it down here on his show yeah imagine how i feel i'm freaking out over here <laughs> no god I hope nice not. hi guys oh, hi. Hello. hey <laughs> i've enjoyed this so far i'm just gonna sit here and listen to <laughs> Go ahead, Woody. <laughs> well, Woody, well thank uh, you very much you Thank you so much for being here. You know how much this means to me. I really appreciate you and, and uh, all the best during this holiday season to you and yours. And I will see you when you come to town. Yes. Come see me on Saturday. You'll see Heather too. And Kevin. I will and be Alan there. Coming. I'll right. be there. Oh, Alan's my boy. I'll see you. I'll see you. Send okay. me the info though, for sure. I will. Love you, Norm. Thank you so Love much. You. for being Bye, Norm. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> Well, well, well. Oh my gosh. Talk about a full circle moment. 
Woody, Woody, right, what, so, what are you setting me up for, Woody? All of my I love that one. that's where your mind goes. <laughs> always, always with Woody. Always with Woody. I'm like, oh my God. So what is Woody gonna ask me about? Because Woody and I, God, we go back to day one, right, Woody? Of the sure RHW. Sure do. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do a little intro and then we're going to get right to it. So our next guest as here we are again, we're back. What's up Woody on every streaming podcast platform you can find what's up Woody. And you could follow us on social media. I'm here with my guest host, Marie, who has been on MTV's the real world, St. Thomas also on the challenge X on the beach. That's my girl. She's from Staten Island over there. Uh, check <laughs> out where Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian are as of late. Yeah, yeah. No idea. <laughs> but I'm so excited about our next guest. She is just gem of my heart. I loved her Aww. since she yelled at me for trying to make her sweep her kitchen. Um, I thought you were going to say that. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> No big deal. Please welcome the one and only, the grand dame from Bravo's Real Housewives of Potomac, Karen Huger. How are you? Hi, Thank you for having me. Let me hit the applause. Hold on. It didn't didn't work, Woody. (laughs) Do it again. Oh, wait, but I got, a, I got a better one for you. I have a special what? button that's the Karen button. Ready? Here we go. People come for me all the time. Just <laughs> that's true. So anytime somebody tried to be cute during the interview, I'm like, people come for me all the time. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It's so good. It's so good. Season one, right, Woody? Season one of RHOP. Right. Just drinking the the bottle of water with the straw, as you said. (laughs) I'm ready. Now it's Red Bull. (laughs) Either or. It's just as good. Right, right. So how are you, Grand Dame? How is everything? You look amazing. Woody, I am great. I'm great. You look so handsome, honey. I miss you so much. Thank you for having me. I, I was like, when is Woody going to invite me on? When am I going to get my chance? <laughs> and the first thing he does is just get real. So thank you, Woody. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. I, honestly, like I, I was saying this the other day, like um, I started a new show for TLC. I'm working on a show season two and it's going to, it's so great. It comes out next year, but you know, when you go through the interview process, you obviously have to like talk about what you've done. And I yeah. always say next to real world, like P- Potomac housewives is like the one oh, that yeah. I go to because we didn't even know, like when we were filming the show, we were going to be housewives. They didn't know till the day was announced. Right. Tell me, they tell had, me that story. They had no clue. I think they call this the ladies of Potomac or something like that. What it, it was I mean, some had ensemble no cast of Potomac. It was, they didn't but, even really have like a working title. <laughs> but Woody knew that I knew that we were housewives. Okay. I was acting like, okay, I'm a housewife. I'm a housewife on Bravo and they just don't know it yet. So let me just interview like I am. <laughs> that part. Yes. Yeah, that part. That yes. part. I was like, okay, I don't know what show you guys are making, but I'm making the real housewives of Potomac, baby. <laughs> Now, Be I, either with me or you're not. <laughs> yes, exactly, Marie. And, and truth be told, that's yeah. how we approach the show. We had amazing <laughs> leaders for the first uh, season uh, with mm-hmm. Bianca and Ashley, and then Bianca came back Unbelievable. for season two. And like mm-hmm. those two first two seasons were pretty magical, especially once we got into that realm of like, oh, crap we are a housewives and like yeah. we're actually housewives and oh god the show is highly successful and oh crap <laughs> we are housewives like going into season two you're like what do we do now you know like exactly. how do we up our game yeah well, i mean you know working what with you, bianca go ahead 
You got to delay. Oh, yeah, Don't no, no, no. I was saying, like, what do you remember about the first season that you loved or didn't like? You know, like, obviously, you're putting all of your life out there and sharing so yeah. much about yourself. So, like, what was it for you that was the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess? I think you hit it on the nail on the head, Woody. The leadership was the good. The creative genius of season one, the team of people, Bianca knocked it out of the park. Uh, Ashley, I just, I, I'm still friends with all of them. I love you guys dearly. But we had the most phenomenal leadership that really, for me, spoke to what it was I was going to bring as a housewife, you know, uh, even though I didn't know I was a housewife initially. But yeah, I did know it. Uh, but, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, they gave us that creative uh, freedom to just really relax and bring nothing but who we were. So at the end of the day, I mean, that was my favorite thing, you know, the leadership and and also just they're encouraging us just to really be us because they knew what they had. You all knew what you had when you got to the first batch of the Real Housewives of Potomac. So uh, all of us were in it. We were, uh, I, I was, I was ready though, Woody. I told you that I think Woody, I said, I'm ready. I said, it's, you know, if, if, Potom if Bravo ever called me, I was going to say yes. And I knew they were going to call me, right, Woody? <laughs> I mean, I always do that. I mean, when, oh, when yeah. I got hired for that show and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to Potomac. I had just finished right. casting a show for mm -hmm. uh, another network. And I was like, all right, great. And I and I was still kind of new in my role. So I didn't want to F anything up. Like anytime I went into anything that I did. So right. every time I showed up on set, I wanted to make sure I was present, that I was yep. there, that I made to make sure the biggest thing for me was to make sure that my team had directed, but also to make sure that the women were comfortable. You know, like I just wanted to be like, and if that was me being funny, showing up in a, um, a member at your anniversary party, your 20th, yes, my 20th, right? you had. Oh, wrong. oh God! What are you wearing? What I'm closet. still in Don't shock. make me get it. I'll get it. <laughs> I'll get, get it. You guys wouldn't believe it, and it just made a smile come to my face because when uh, I just want to speak about to working with Woody, um, I knew working with Woody, he was creative. He was he was a genius. He was gonna do the damn thing, but we both had this huge, huge confidence. So oftentimes it would clash, right? And so. Uh, what do you want to share the story? The, the thing is, the, the, let, let me well, say I mean, we don't have to go into full detail. I need, I need to know I mean, this detail. Come on. I thought for sure I was getting fired. I was like, Karen hates me. I'm never doing this again. And it was like, Karen, like I asked her because, you know, they always want when we do scenes, right? If I give our listeners a little bit of uh, BTS kind of like behind the scenes yeah. moment, you always want the scene to start off in some kind of way. And now, you know, six seasons in as Karen is, she wouldn't think twice about it. But like no, you always want them to do something that kind of they relate, the audience can relate to, right? Like whether that's doing dishes or like they're doing laundry or yelling at the kids, why aren't you up? Right, you know, like whatever right. that is, something that it. like we can film for five minutes that gives the scene a little like start, right? Before we get right in the story, so it doesn't feel produced because we do not produce the scenes. How I always no. say is we produce the situation because we have to get clearance. We Absolutely. have to figure out where we're shooting. We have to figure out. Mm -hmm. What the lighting's like and who's going to be there. Yes. Do we produce all of that stuff legally because we have to 100%, but we don't produce the content, what the, who these women are and who they are going to be mm -hmm. is on them. 
It's not on us. Do we help navigate the story? Sure. Right. We do. Mm -hmm. We have to give you topics to talk about and things to talk about. But I always say it's like, because we are putting the pieces of a puzzle together and we have to make sure all the pieces are there. So the the week, it was like week three, season one. Uh, uh, and I said to Karen, I was like, well, what would you do to start the day? She was like, I'd make a cup of tea and I'd sit down. And I was like, okay, but we already did that because we did that for another scene. So I was like, what about what what about something else? And her aunt Dot, who was the sweetest lady ever, was coming to visit. And I was like, why don't you um like you're cleaning? Because that day your cleaning lady didn't show up. Remember? Yes. Yeah, I know, right? So I was like, oh, why don't you like sweep up or like clean the kitchen? I already know where this is going, I feel like. (laughs) About her coming. Well, Karen, uh, because she is the grand dame, she was not having it, honey. She was like, no, no. Ask me to sweep. I'm not sweeping. Like, that's why I have a cleaning lady. And she walked away and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> I'm for right. sure I was being fired. Like I called my boss. I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to insult her. And she was like, it's fine. But because I wear my heart on my sleeve, I was so worried that I had insulted her and that I was like, <laughs> she hates me. I don't know if she's supposed to hate me. And then it was like five minutes later, she came out and she was like, all right, we're good. Let's let's what do we need to shoot? And I was let's, like, let's let's keep moving. Let's keep yeah, moving. Let's keep it moving. And I was like, great. And since then, literally, Karen and I have always had such a great respect for each other. And mm-hmm. and truly, she is such a professional when she shows up on set. She shows uh, up on time. You. If she doesn't show up on time, it's she has a reason for it. She's not mm-hmm. she's not gonna waste your time because she knows how dedicated all of the crew is. And and mm-hmm. I know many of producers that have worked after I came along that have said the same thing. And I uh, you know. That's 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 really hard to find in this business, and I actually find that with all of the Potomac women, like you know, for the most part, they really are great people. You know, for the most part, who you leave for the most part? (laughs) I wasn't trying to be shady. Hey, look, (laughs) Woody and I made it past that broom moment because I I love it, Woody, that you uh, gave a backdrop to it, though, because, you know, we didn't know what we were going to be. You know, I I assumed I was going to be a housewife. The last thing I wanted to be was the housewife that swept the kitchen floor. (laughs) I hear you. That's not happening. happening. So, you know, at at that point, when I walked away... Anytime yeah. somebody says they're going to work on Potomac, I'm like, just don't ever ask Karen to sweep the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Now, Woody, uh, in the sixth season, I I'm at a point now. Now that well, you you saw the kids when they were about to graduate from high school, and now they're both you know are uh, masters graduates and everything like that. But now that I'm an empty nester, I, and I've been on this platform for a minute, I think what makes reality TV so great is that I do grow and I do evolve every year. And what the hell does it matter if I pick up a broom? You're not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to do it every five minutes, but you know, I think, I think it's the reality of, of maturing on reality TV uh, and just really understanding that the process means that uh, being a successful reality TV personality means that you got to be real. So I want to thank you, Woody, for that lesson um, almost seven years ago. And now I, you know, I walk around talking to plants. <laughs> 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 I love it. But I do. I mean, listen, you know? You know, 
the thing is that sometimes we got to eat a little piece of humble pie, you know, like we even do. if there's cameras in our face and we understand right. what we're doing and the, uh, the, what you're allowed to, you know, and the opportunity you are given and you've done such great things with it and how you highlight your you. family and, and Surrey County and like everything, oh like God, right? it just really makes me so happy to see uh, that even with the added elements of drama, because there has been a lot of that, like it's still, we need able it. To we need the, it. Yeah, of course. But it's, you're still able to give the grassroots of who you all are as individuals and women. So Absolutely. what's what's the tea with the family? How is everyone? How's Ray? How's my guy? How's Raven? Oh, my God. Ray is fantastic. We've been married 25 years. You know, we renewed the vows. You came to the 20th reunion. We did the 21st right. vow renewal. So I understand that's the kiss of death. Well, that's not going to happen to us because we're best friends at the end of the no, day. No, y'all love each other way too much. Oh my God. It's it's more than um marriage. It's it's a friendship. And he oh my God, Woody, would you not agree that Ray is now the star of this household? He has gotten I mean, so comfortable. I don't know what yes. he will say. I mean, it's say. hard to top your your three-wick candle, but yes. Uh <laughs> that three-wick candle lives on, huh? And <laughs> you know, the small things, you know. Uh, That's right. but yeah, Raven, thank you for asking. Raven's great, Brandon's great. Thank God in the pandemic, everyone's healthy. Uh, my family and Sari is doing well. Um, and, you know, hey, Sari has just been a wonderful uh, chapter to, you know, peel back the layers of my childhood a little bit and, and to be sworn in as the ambassador to give back to the community. is such a great opportunity that Bravo has afforded me to share with others who may be put in this on this platform. Use it for good. I, you know, I always use it for the drama. Don't don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, uh, I balance it to try and just do the good. Well, not really balance it. I actually try to do a lot of good. Sure. <laughs> this is not a train, Woody. I mean, I will I will say it's it's definitely something that we haven't seen on other Housewives franchise. I mean, we haven't seen a housewife become an ambassador of a city and like where they're from and like and knowing the rich culture that you have there. Your family owns so much land um, yeah. and being a black family that owns so much land yeah. and like what that means. From slavery on from slavery right, on. Oh, right. Yeah. And generational yeah. and generational yes. wealth and yeah. what that means. And like mm -hmm. those are beautiful things that we don't see enough of on television um well i think bravo for letting me do that you know yes letting kudos to bravo for sure for sure so mm -hmm. um by the time this airs the reunion will be over so what at this point and i know marie you're chomping at the bit too because you were watching I, oh my god i love it, it i love it <laughs> we'll keep it to one question and marie ask her i need to know about Nicki minaj because that's just <laughs> okay, we, do, we do have to know about Nicki. Nikki's everything. I mean, you know, um, everything. I always knew she was a smart woman, though, you know, and that just, that just came through at the reunion. Um, she's a beautiful woman, but her brains match the beauty. Um, her timing is everything. Her confidence, she'll ask anything. I'm just saying that's why you got to buckle up for uh, the next episode, which is this Sunday, the finale. Uh, of the reunion, um, Nikki just really asked all of us questions that I think, you know, viewers really wanted to know. And that was a moment for us to just have another whole reality check in the Real Housewives of Potomac, if you will. So I really was honored to meet her personally. I'm a huge fan. Um, I, and again, I like a boss that does the boss thing because she's a boss, you know. 
but just a fun girl too. I don't know if you saw the video I posted. She tried to do a video with Ray by herself. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah, no, I did see that. No, no, no. What you said was, I'm here too. That's right. <laughs> no, Ray was Ray was grinning like a chestnut. <laughs> I gotta tell you, Ray is like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like, doesn't uh, have a bad is. bone in his body. Not Just so all. sweet. I still remember. Remember, we shot a scene. I want to say it was season one where okay. you and Giselle weren't seeing eye to eye, and you guys played pool downstairs. Remember in your old in your old that house? was Diane. Uh, that was Robin. Oh, it was Robin. That's right. And you guys were Robin. Yes. And you got, I just remember that scene. Like he was so sweet. He came down with like a tray. Do you guys want something to drink? And was just like out of nowhere. And I was like, I, he, there's nothing he insincere bone in his body. Mm-hmm. He is one of the nicest guys in the world. He's one so, of the, he is the nicest house husband. He really he is. is. I'm, lu- I'm lucky. I'm yes. lucky. Yes. I'm lucky. So what, um, at this point, six seasons in, what mm-hmm. is a high point for you? And what's a low point for you? I, I think the high, let's start with the low. The okay. low. Um, I always like to get the bullshit out of the way too, Karen. <laughs> yeah, let's get it out of the way. You know, I, I think the, <laughs> while it was low, it was, it was a pivotal point for me when Ray went through what he went through with his business. That was the low to see him hurt like that. Um, but out of that low came the high when I got an opportunity to soldier up and, and do that thing that women do, which is called return serve, have his back. Um, so, that was part that low actually lifted our marriage if you think about it because you either bail you know or you stay and we put on our boots and we decided to stay and work it out uh, the really really high point though for me um i have to say was sharing my mother before she passed uh catching her uh on tape uh for her birthday that was the very high moment and i will be eternally grateful to bravo because she lives on um, and so that was, I've had a lot of highs, you know, I haven't had a good run Woody as a housewife. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, been, I take the bad, I take yeah. the bad with the good, but I, it doesn't slow me down. I am like, you know, if the bad is my reality, I embrace it and I turn it into my good. Um, because it's reality and someone out in that TV land can relate to how it is that I'm going to maneuver. And if I can lift one person or being, be an example to one, someone else going through something similar, I'm like, let me do my job, you know, let me do my best. Uh, So I, I I really am grateful for the lows and highs, to be honest. So, you know, you can't have one without the other in my, in my reality in in my, you know, 58 years of living, there are highs and there are lows. It's never how you fall. It's how you stand, how you rise. And so I really am grateful that I've been able to share that with the viewers. And I think they like that Woody because they've seen me evolve because what, what do you know you put me in the etiquette box the first year? They thought I was the etiquette. I was like, please. We, we, we were talking about. We have notes on that. We have notes on that. In Marie and pre-show, I said. Ask your questions. What's your question? No, I said we should come up with a, a etiquette rule and present them and see if they get approved. Oh, you can, you can run it by me. But the so thing, God, the viewers. I for, I, now that. I forget. I didn't write it down. What was my rule? <laughs> You well, you didn't have a rule. You told me not to tell me yours because you want to be surprised. Oh yeah, that's right. But, so you go first. Yes. Okay. Wait, to to your to your point, Karen. Though about you know your your high note for me personally, I come a family that's very family oriented, and mm-hmm. to hear that come out of your mouth right now, it just it resonates so deep with me because mm-hmm. family and and that it's so it's so important to me personally. And you Yay. have done just such an amazing job of 
exemplifying family and how to be there as a supportive wife, as a supportive mother. And, you know, for, for me you. personally, like, amen. <laughs> amen. Um, but in terms of etiquette, <laughs> yes, okay. God Thank bless. You. In terms of etiquette, I would say uh -huh. um, never show up to a party empty handed. Amen. <laughs> that part. That's called cool. A lot of people Amen. don't. <laughs> My daughter is only, um, Raven's 24, and you know, she's visiting for the holidays, and she just came to me. She said, Mom, can I just go in your wine cabinet so I can have something in my hand? So I've done my job. I'm like, honey, go ahead. Just don't take the expensive one. Yeah. You know, she, <laughs> she knows to carry a gift, and I really yeah. love that about her. You're right. Yeah. So amen. Never be empty-handed. Yeah. It's not, about the, it's not about the cost of the gift or anything, but it's always about no. the it's the thought. I love getting a gift. That's why I have so many bottles of wine because everyone comes <laughs> to the door like, oh, Karen, we're here. And I'm like, oh, thank you. So I'm like, okay, Raven, this is this. And Brandon, if you need something, come over, get it and give somebody. So yep. that's a tradition. So I love that. I love that. What is yours, Woody? My etiquette rule would to be uh, don't ever host a party in your driveway under a tent. Amen. That was shady. Oh my God. I know the green on going to come after you know, me now. and I are, are working on getting to better places, but here's the tea. You know, I thought it was, I, I was like, I didn't think it was where the party was. I really thought it was like testing for COVID. And I said that, and I wasn't, I, because the houses in that vicinity, and I won't give too much because, you know, privacy is everything. Yeah. Very close though. So why wouldn't there be a tent for COVID testing right there? I didn't know. So Woody, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, it really is where the party is. Okay. This is sign in tent. <laughs> it was That's literally, it, I, and I felt so bad. And I, and of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, is that production trying to be shady, like making her do the event there? But she really owned the fact that she wanted she to, no, wanted wanted to do the event there. Like, and she was she okay, she was okay with it. No, I so like, I think it's okay to critique it. Proper etiquette says we can critique it. And Giselle will take it on the chin because it's, it's like, you know, who, who does a party in their driveway? No. <laughs> my girl, Dizzy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I love, I love all of you. My OG. I, it was one of the better, it was one of the better scenes because I had just got vaccinated. You did get okay? vaccinated. I said vaccinated. B -A vaccinated. Yes. <laughs> vaccinated. You, you were that much out of it. You were vaccinated. I was so out of it. I was like, and, and they were just yelling now that you've seen it. And I'm glad they cut some of it. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what is wrong with these people? Because it was like doing this. So they, they I have to give it again to editing and, and production behind the scenes because they really caught my mood because I was like this, <laughs> I mean, they got it. but it was, it was, we were all on fire that day in the driveway at Giselle. So thank you, Giselle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I want to ask you? And then you totally don't have to answer this because it's going back a couple of seasons, but it just came up okay. in my mind because I thought it was, it was such a great TV moment, but it also was like such a kind of weird thing was, oh, what, was what, is, what was going through your mind when Monique brought out that binder? Like, like in all honesty, like, what were you? Like, and you don't, and you tell me whatever you no, want to no, tell no, me. No, like, let, let, no, no, I walk in my truth. And a lot of people have always, so I'll give you the tea. Monique and my friendship is very genuine. But one thing, we took an oath. We don't go behind the scenes creating or talking about what it is we're going to do. 
So when I saw the binder, I was like, oh, Lord. See, I do know her personally. She's one of the most organized women I know. I was thinking. Well, not, she very gonna, much so is, yes. She is so organized. So I was like, this is going to go on for fucking ever. <laughs> <laughs> she was flipping the pages. It's so no. And she, she, she had dividers by color. You know, I know. You know, I know. And I was like, Lord Jesus, we're going to be here forever. But she was so organized. I was just thinking, time, how long is this going to take? But she was so organized that she knew, you're right, she had the tab, so she knew how to flip. And so I was like, okay, she got us. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. How long is this going to take us, Monique? Girl, I love you, but really, a binder? So Yeah, because people (laughs) don't realize those reunion days are so long. I've worked on a bunch of them, and it's like, you guys are in the chair, what, 6 a.m., 5 a.m., then you get makeup, then you're on stage all day. The only break you have is a half hour or an hour for lunch, then you go back out all night, and it's like, Andy Cohen is, by like, hour eight, he's like, Really? Can we go? <laughs> yeah, so ready to be. You know be what, Woody? I call it. I call it uh, the boxing match for the housewives. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's like preparing for a boxing match. You better go jogging four four weeks in advance. You yep. better get your cardio up because you got to be ready to go. <laughs> your mind's got to be in it. You can't skip. You, a and you got to be marching around saying this. People come for me all yep. the time. They just don't find me. <laughs> come for me all the time. That is better. You know, they're never making come for me all the time, and they ain't gonna find me. (laughs) Not at all. Not with the drama. Not with the drama. No, I'm I'm not. You know, I'm here for the drama. Obviously, the show has been doing so well, and it makes me so happy to see all of you be able to flourish and have so much success as you're going into, which I know you will get another season, even though whether they've said it or not. As you move forward in this limelight that you get, she's like, I know what you want to do. Um, is there any part of you that you want to discover or things that you want to handle differently? Or do you want a better relationships? Like, I mean, you know, you're, you call a spade a spade, so I'm not worried about mm-hmm. you. You know, like you always, <laughs> you and Ashley and Giselle and Robin are on the show for six seasons for a reason. You know, yeah. like you guys are straight shooters and you keep it real. You know what makes a good show. And you're also always, for the most part, always honest, you know? So like, mm-hmm. is there like, do you Did see you yourself like part? going away? Yeah, right? Like, what, what was that, Woody? <laughs> I wasn't throwing shade at Karen. I might be throwing shade at I know. I, I'm with you, Woody. I'm with you, though. Go ahead. I got yes. you. <laughs> but you I'm know what I mean? So like, is fun. there some place that you see yourself going that you want to go with the show? You know, I, I always want to evolve. You know, I, I understand. Let me be very clear. I love what I do. I've grown to love it. Uh, but I know that there's a possibility for growth, too. Um, so for me, I've always looked at being a housewife as the first step of Karen Huger, you know, when it came to reality TV. So I love it uh, from, from your mouth to God's ear. You know, hey, I'll be around for a minute. But I would love to see us continue the Housewives of Potomac in this vein with new, fresher women that are about what the season one women were about. Does that make sense? Uh, Because I think the reason why Potomac is so successful is that we were unique and we still are. We still are, but we don't go we don't need to go too far away from that base, if you will, because that's the key to us being successful because nobody knew where Potomac was. You know, we called it the tiny jewel of a town because it is. And it's such, you know, dynamic personalities here. So I'd love to see it continue to flourish. Uh, I'll be on this this train forever until it's time for me to get on the next train. 
Um, you know, I have an idea um, for her next train. I have an idea for her next train while we have an Emmy winning producer on the line right here. I think that Karen needs to host like an etiquette type show. Do you remember Charm School? I remember Remember Charm School. (laughs) Remember how we were talking about how all of these shows come back around, you know, Mm -hmm. like they never die out. Maybe it's the rebirth. The rebirth. Like the rebirth. Yes. I can see that. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning it. I'm envisioning yeah. it. <laughs> you know, you know, I, hey, lo- I love it. I love it I too. Love it. I, I'm, um, I'm incredibly thankful for you. I'm, I'm so, I mean, listen, when I worked on Potomac Housewives, I had only done two other Bravo shows. I didn't, wow. re- I was still very new. It was seven years ago now and trying to figure it out. I never thought I'd go on to win an Emmy after working on this show. And, and congratulations, by the way, you are the bomb and you're such yeah. an example. And I have to say, I do look at you, Woody, as a teacher when it comes to that, because when I met you, I didn't know you were only two years in, but how you've grown and evolved. I, I think the key to success of anything that you do is to evolve. Don't be afraid of change. And when you moved on from Potomac, I'm like, why is he leaving me? But you had to go get your Emmy. So, hello. I completely understand it and I support it. Yeah, well, accept for it. For me, you're a great teacher. <laughs> yeah, you're a great teacher of how you take, uh, you know, the first step and turn it into the next step and the next step. And that, to me, is what this journey of reality TV is about, for me personally. Um, so I love where I'm at. Um, you know, I love being a housewife. Don't see myself leaving anytime soon. But will I evolve eventually? Absolutely. Will I grow? Absolutely. Uh, I've grown to love the public more because of what I do. So I'll never stop serving. I'll never stop being on TV, ever. Ever. I'm addicted, Woody. I'm we addicted. hope we not. Know, we, we hope not. Going, we don't want you going anywhere. <laughs> no. That's the oh, no, uh, no, no, no. Honestly, I, you're, I, you're one of the good souls that are out there. You know, you. these these kind of shows can make us at times a bit jaded. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that as long as you continue to be true to who you are, which is what I try to do as well, which is why I don't mm-hmm. necessarily always just take a show for a check. You know, I want to do something no. that changes lives and if the timing doesn't work out and I don't work for a couple of months and I have to scramble and figure it out, I'm going to figure it out because I want to make sure that as I get older, now that I am in the 40 club, you know, like, you yes, I just turned 40. Jeez, that is so cute. Go ahead, we 40. <laughs> I'm like, if you can see all the biotin shampoo in my shower, that <laughs> I'm just trying to thicken this hair. It's okay, so Woody. It's okay. Woody, when it's time to let it go, let it go. Just no. go ball. I'll help you. I'll it's grown you in. It's grown in. My sister I'll come shave you personally. Hair looks great. <laughs> you know, so, but here I am talking. I love. Can you guys hear me in case my piece dies? No, you look great. Do you hear me? You're, yeah, we Hold can on. hear you. I'll lean before, in. Before we go, what are some of your holiday must-haves? Do you have like a dessert? Oh. Do you have like a, oh, I have to have this kind of cheese? Do you have a song that you love? Do you? Is there something that you and Ray watched when you were first dating? I, I can barely like, hear you, but I know you asked me for my holiday must-have. So let me tell you what it is. I must have my iPhone in my hand because I buy the most ridiculously large tree I can find for the house. And I love to watch Brandon and Raymond struggle through the front door year after year to try and put that baby up. So that I, I have tapes that will prove I have evidence that that is the must have that the biggest tree that will make those two men that I love very dearly struggle to put it up. Come for me all I love- you just don't find me. All right. Can you guys, 
Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. we can hear you. I can hear okay, you. Okay, go ahead. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Give it up again for Karen too. from Potomac Housewives. I Karen, love you, it was Karen. a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you, again. you. Thank you, Karen. Tell Bye. the family I said hi. I mean, come on. It doesn't get much better than Karen from Potomac. It does not. It really it doesn't. Does not <laughs> that is for sure. I. How great is this show so far? That was fucking awesome. And we're not even done yet. <laughs> we're not even done yet we're we're um it's nice to have someone that's just relatable and could bring you back down to earth and make you realize what it is so yeah shit yeah. that was fucking awesome woody you're the fucking man bro this show and is so winning so producer fun. woody would back <laughs> i'm just i'm so happy that you're here I'm so happy that I'm here. I'm so excited to be part of this show and talking to the people that we have on today. This is truly a holiday miracle for me on my end. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's like I live on two main street, but it's like, it's so close to 34th. <laughs> what, what is that? What is that uh, Christmas in miracle on 34th street? Like yeah. 34th street is so generic. It's like two main streets. So I might as well just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I am here with my girl Marie, and Marie, did you ever think that we met, when we met, that you would have be here all these years later and be a part of the real world and the challenge legacy? Did you ever think it would be that? I mean, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, re I remember, I remember going through my process and being like, the, the Jersey Shore had just happened, so I was like, you guys need me. I'm from Staten Island, New York. I pump my fist onto weekends. You know, like I like I am part of the culture that is going on right now. You know, bring me on. So I it, it was funny. Like I I was really confident that I was gonna get on the show, and then I didn't. <laughs> I did not get on the show the first time around. So for any of you out there listening who have dreams of being a reality show star, do not give up. You know, it's maybe it's not you, it's them. You know, but they'll come I mean, around we eventually. Moments. We're not always, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I will I will say that the that a lot of people that audition for shows give way too much credit to casting producers. Yes, do we find you? Yes, do we screen you? Yes, do we interview you? Do we get you to open up and, and understand? But like we're not making that decision. Like that is the network. I'm so curious. Like, like I've gotten so many nasty things from like fans or people like, why would you, why wouldn't you put this was in the show? Why yeah. you put this? And I'm like, you think that I have that much power? Yeah. I present yeah. who I think is good to my bosses. Yeah. And we all dwindle it down. And then my bosses present to a network yeah. that controls. So it's my boss's fault dollars. and also my network's fault. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not my fault like but yeah, people, no. but people really do like get real hell-bent on like holding oh. us accountable for shit oh yeah um, i'm so curious do you remember interviewing me like honestly yeah, well, i don't remember what city it was though well new york duh i'm really good about that it was in the upstairs of like a two-level building no uh probably i feel like yes yes, yes. actually yes yeah. I'm almost wow. positive. That was, that was almost 10 years ago. That's more because than in New York, ago. we didn't do restaurants. No, my open call was in the Hooters, but any, everything after that was in like a little uh, room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did. I did a lot of those. Like, 
I, I tell you, some of the auditions that I have seen, like in open spaces, I remember being in Arizona. Oh my God, this is such a crazy story. You'll, you'll understand this. I'm doing, I'm at a real world casting call and half the table was black. Half the table was white. Mm-hmm. And somebody said something a little off color on the white no. side. No. And it this whole thing. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're casting. Let's get the cameras. <laughs> Do I love all of this? 100%. But like, it was like about to come the fisticuffs. Holy shit. And it was wild where I was like, wait, what is happening? Like, what's going on? Like, it was crazy. But it was really, to be honest, like just saying objectively, it was a bunch of rednecks who said something really awful and really racist and thought that they were totally okay with saying it. And I was like, no, that's not okay. It's not okay saying that. I think that a lot of viewers would be curious about this, right? Because you have these people, especially in the real world before everything's become what it's become now with social media and stuff, right? You have these people that come on the show and, you know, either they fall very right or very left, you know, and they have their stands and whatever. But there are some people that that come on the show and and they say things that are very off, off whether it's a racist thing or a homophobic thing. So mm-hmm. I'm curious that during, you know, your process, you know, do you feel like you almost have, uh, how do I say this? Like, uh, you know, do you have to, you like, cause, cause you obviously putting someone on that type of platform, right. You want to make sure that there's someone that gets the word out there and maybe, maybe that's it, right. Maybe you pick someone that is off because you have somebody there that's on right? That's going to put them in their place and be out there. But at the same time, there is that unfortunate situation that comes with TV and like knowing that these people are going to get, you know, all of this hate where a lot of times these people just, you know, it's just not where they were brought up from. Here's what I will say. The real world has never been a one-sided conversation. It's always something that you've seen from seven different point of views Mm -hmm. or eight different point of views. It's never been a one-sided conversation. So, when we're casting it, you know, we definitely put people on air that where morally I'm like, I'm giving this douchebag like airtime and even the thought that he could be good TV. But I realized what I had to do really early on, Marie, honestly, was separate who I am as a person, right? From what I'm doing for a living. Because the moral compass became very blurry. You know, where I was like, does this make sense? Should I be doing this? This doesn't feel right. Like there are a lot of asshole people I put through to like after round and went into like pitch meetings and fought for where I'm like, he's a chauvinistic prig, but he's going to be so good for TV. Like, and he's hot and like, you know, or like things we said about people where we're like, yeah, but don't don't you guys notice that she's probably her one leg is a little bit shorter and she walks a little funny. Like, like those kind of things are like real life things that we talk about because that's the mandate that we get when we're casting shows like this, you know, like, so yeah, there's been a lot of times where I have to question my moral compass. Like, okay, I have to realize I'm getting paid to do a job. It has nothing to do with who I am as a person. Yeah. But I do have to take a step back and be like, Okay, I feel really shitty about this. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think I just think it's so interesting because, in that sense, I would say that you and everyone that's in production, for the most part, or from what I've like, experienced thus far, are very diplomatic in terms of. You have to be. You have to be. You know, you have to be able to separate 
you know, who people are versus how they might feel and all this other things. And I think that just goes back to the world today where like everyone just needs to be a little bit more understanding and empathetic that not everyone's going to come from where you're coming from. Right. And like, I, I think that that is a big thing that TV is missing currently that we weren't previously. Right. Like I always say that MTV is a super progressive network and where we have come now in MTV where, you know, there's a lot of people that have been quote unquote canceled and stuff like that, where, you know, we just had, you know, the first real world going on, you know, that was essentially social media, right? That's all that existed out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I would say that MTV is really known for being this progressive network that brings people from all these different backgrounds together and makes them communicate and makes them hash things out, whether for the, for good or for bad. And I think that right now, you know, from, from my viewpoint, you know, like as of very recently, there's been a challenge episode where a girl was sent home and there was zero explanation for why she was sent home. You know, I think that takes a big learning um, opportunity away from not only the viewers, but also the people that are involved in these shows. Um, I will say this. I think that as long as people decide to be authentically themselves, yeah. you know, like I'll use um, uh, Dustin a lot from back to Vegas, you know, like love him. There's a guy who had a girl, met a girl, started dating and didn't want anybody to know that he was also a gay porn star. Yeah. Who cares if you're making $2,000, $3,000 to get your play with the, somebody else's dick. I wouldn't, I mean, listen, oh, if I was cute. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up. Thing. Who the hell cares? <laughs> like, well, I remember doing, a lot of his interviews, because that was a big season for us. I remember doing his interviews and I was, you know, like, there's such shame that comes along with it. But then at the same time, it's such good television, you know, like. I know. I that know. was great. It's, when it's she a very thin line that you guys. And emails from her friends at home who Googled him and like, oh, yeah. that shit was real. I was like, yeah, it's that, okay. There's that was like, the, that was the like the rebirth of, that was like the rebirth of. The real yeah, that, world, back, I feel like. that back to that back to back um, to Vegas. Yeah, back to Las Vegas was a huge season, and the back to New Orleans. Remember, we also lost Ryan McKenzie, and yes, you know, unfortunately, and you know, Jemmy on that season, like one of my best friends. God bless her. I just yeah. don't going and and dealing with her own shit on top of dealing with something like that. Like yeah. I give her so much credit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been that strong. I say that like people give CT a lot of shit. I don't know if I would have been that strong, like to lose the love of your life. No, I can't imagine it. I honestly On a can't show that you no. that you did together and to be able to come back. And then didn't he win? He won later he, on. He's right? won. Yeah, he's won a couple of times now. But you know what? I think uh, yeah. it's interesting because I don't, I don't know. It's like you have to con- you have to almost like keep reliving that when you go through that stuff on national television, you know, there's like the grieving process. I I would say is a lot different than somebody that can do that in private. (laughs) Karen was amazing. She was everything I thought she would be. (laughs) She really does hold up to the grand dumb status though. Truly, (laughs) truly. (laughs) She's, she was so sweet. And I I really take, I don't take for granted those nice things that she really said about me. And I, I really appreciate that. You know, it's, you know, when you work on these kind of shows and you're a part of people's lives and they kind of, we all get thrusted into each other's universes, right? Like, you know, you don't really realize the impact that you can make just being a nice person. You know, Amen. like actually giving a shit about people and, and what we do and, and how we are. Um, our final guest today is uh, one of my 
favorite people in the world. I love her so much. I actually tagged her in a video, uh, no, an audio clip of me on the radio in New York for her season of American Idol, where I was talking about her on a 50,000 watt radio station back when season two of American Idol. And I said, y'all need to listen to Kimberly Lock because she does an amazing job of Over the Rainbow on the new American Idol CD. And they tried to fight me on it. And I was like, no. Oh, and it was this back and forth. And I was like, well, I voted 10 times for Kimberly Lock last night. And I hope that she wins. <laughs> so please, without further ado, welcome the one and only Kimberly Lock. Uh, thank you, Woody. An applause button on my new board. Hold on. Wait. All right, let's hit that. There she is. I'm learning. I'm learning the new board. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. Welcome, welcome, boo. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. And thanks um, for hanging. I can see your stocking, so thank you. They, yes, and I did. Uh, they won't see it at home because this is the only Yeah, they will. But <laughs> I did it just for you, yes. <laughs> How have you been? What's going on in your world? Oh my gosh, like full holiday mode. I've been talking about Christmas music since July. So like, <laughs> I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I do love Christmas, but like, now I'm like, all right, you've been talking about Christmas for a long time now. So it's finally Christmas. Like now, what are you going to do? So um, it's, you know, it's the, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving. So I'm putting up one of our trees tonight and, you know, the cats are all over the place and, you know, I'm just doing that normal thing that we all do. Where in Connecticut are you? I am in Oxford, Connecticut. Okay. Okay. So uh, my yeah. family lives in like the West Hartford, like, I grew up, I spent a lot of time there because I'm from upstate New York and my mom's side of the family all lives, lived in the Hartford, West Hartford, Avon, okay, yeah. and like all that whole area. Yeah. Yep. So, so we're running um, uh, Italian restaurants over there. Yeah. So we, um, I spent a lot of time in Danbury, which I'm sure you know Danbury. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just got engaged a couple of years ago and he lived in Oxford. So that's how I found my way into the Oxford area. Um, but I love Connecticut. It's a great place. And during yeah, Christmas yeah. time, it's like those villages that you buy. Oh. Like <laughs> tell you, one of my favorite movies is Christmas in Connecticut. If you have not seen it, you have to see it. I think it was set in like 19, maybe it was filmed in 1954, I think, if that sounds right. Um, but sure. it's black and white. <laughs> it's all Christmas in Connecticut. Of course, there's a love story, but it's kind of like, the story is about a woman who comes out of the city. Um, she lives in the city and she's a writer and she has this fake life in Connecticut. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. It sounds, sounds like, like a time movie. Sounds very sure. real to me. <laughs> So, so, yeah. I, was, I was just saying it sounds like a lifetime movie for sure 100 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean there is there is i have a question cool. kim yeah go ahead go ahead marie so i too fell in love with your rendition of somewhere over the rainbow i'll put that out there um my question to you is how did you get involved in american idol you know oh, i obviously it was the second season. What was your audition process like? Like that has to be so surreal. Yeah. So, okay. So first of all, crazy, crazy craziness, you know? <laughs> um, and um, so I auditioned for American Idol on October 30th of 2002. And prior to that, 
you know, I've always known I wanted to be a singer, you know, and I only really wanted to do two things. I want to be a singer. I want to be a lawyer. Right. So I was doing this <laughs> very, very thing, different, right? <laughs> very different things. I did this whole singing, you know, I did the whole singing thing and I'm in college and it's just not happening. It's not happening the way I want it to happen. I'm singing. I was singing and doing my thing, but it wasn't the way I wanted it to be. So yep. um, I said, you know what? I'm going to law school. Let's pick up that plan B. Let's execute that plan B. So I got accepted into law school. And right before I was supposed to start December 2nd, and I auditioned for American Idol on October 30th. And my friends were like, you got to audition for this show. You got to. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I ended up going on the audition and, you know, the rest is history. But what a crazy time, you know, like your life, my life literally changed in a, in a flash. And I felt completely prepared though, because I had been practicing and I'd been singing and little did I know I was practicing for that moment and getting ready to be ready to be ready, as they say. And I was ready. <laughs> we know it. We heard it. <laughs> I was ready. Because your season was the the season that I did like it was wild the fandom of your season oh my gosh it was crazy season two was out of control millions and millions and millions and so here I am for I had just come out I had come off of we had this big because right when I came out on the radio I was on a morning show it was in three states huge channel and I was this character named JJ Gang. And we went into like doing football picks. And here <laughs> okay. I was. Okay. Gay. When I take you out to dinner in New Jersey, I want to hear all about JJ Gay. I don't want to just kind of gloss over that. I want to just, uh, we pin that for a future conversation. Yes, we, we certainly will. We certainly will. But to, to, to that extent, I was, I did American Idol picks. It was insane. And I remember I went, I met Kimberly that at a meet and greet at that show in Albany, New York. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's where I went to school. Time. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm wow. from. Wow. So I remember, but I remember meeting like little girls you know, with signs and like things. And I'm like, what, like, how did like mentally, and I've talked to Trinice about this a lot. She's like one of my BFFs and like, yeah, like the mental state of like what you guys went through because the rigmarole of the show was the rigmarole of the show. But then on top of that, like the mentalness of all of that fame, like what was that? I will tell you, that's probably the biggest challenge of the whole thing. I mean, Marie, as you know, being on reality television, like it is one big, can I swear on this show? Yes, ma'am. Oh my God. It's (laughs) one big mind fuck. You know, it's like, because you, you know, for me, I, you know, I would like to think that I was pretty grounded at my age, you know, for, for the life that I'd lived, I had a pretty good handle on who I was and what was important to me. But everybody, you know, everybody doesn't have that at that point. You know, some people get it later in life, you know, some people just kind of know and it's different for everybody. So you see people struggling with that. Um, And I think that that's really um, one of the biggest things about the show. I would have a lot of parents come up to me and say, should I let my child audition for American Idol? And I'm like, 
if your child is not strong, the answer is oh. no. Yeah. Why would you traumatize your child? You're going to give your child PTSD, you know, for, for like the rest of their lives. Like it's not, it, it's a, it's as fun and as exciting as it is. That show is not for the faint of heart, you know, because, so true. you know, and, and you're doing something I'm doing, we did stuff on American Idol. Lionel Richie said to us one night, Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Lionel Richie, right? I mean, I'm a little girl Please sitting at my- in your life, by the way. <laughs> when I was a little girl, the Pity Lover video was, and Hello was my favorite videos. And when it would come on, I would sit this close to the TV and, you know, we didn't have cable. So we only got to watch it at my godmother's house who had cable. And I'm like, oh my God, Lionel Richie. Like I knew all the words. And so here I am. You know, one night Lionel Richie says to us, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> right? He said to us, he said, uh, you guys, he said, I would never, ever do what you guys are doing. And that's sing live night after night, week after week on television. And, and even now as a professional singer, I don't sing live on TV. Nobody's doing that. So it is a very, it's such an unorthodox and yeah. non-traditional way of doing things, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, if you don't have a good sense of who you are, it's a struggle. It really, yeah. really is a struggle. And I had been singing for a very long time. You know, like I said, I probably, you know, started singing very seriously, um, when I was in the fifth grade, but even more seriously, like at the age of 15, I, you know, I was in a girl group and we actually were booking shows locally and things of that nature. So I got a lot of experience, but there's some people who come on that show who don't have that experience under their belt. And I can't imagine, you know, what that's like, um, because that was not my point of entry, but it's crazy. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I would, I would say, go ahead. I would say that, yeah, I would say nothing prepares you mm -mm. for social media mm. or for lack, you know, oh, being, you know, it's one thing. Right? Hold on. I was an OG man. 2003. There was no social media. Oh, thank there God. <laughs> There's no Twitter. There was no Instagram. But be what glad. was happening, right? Be we were be glad. Exactly. So what happened? We all lived in a house together. There was one computer. So people would get up extra early in the morning to go and get on the computer. It was dial up, man. Like we were like the, it, it was early on. There was no social media and there was barely an internet. People were, people were paying the vote. That was a shady comment. What? They took the computer out of the house because there was, do you remember um, Smoking Gun? I remember. That website? Around that time, yes. That Smoking Gun website was putting everybody's personal business out there. And yeah, it was like the TMZ. They were collapsing. They were yes. collapsing. They were like, oh my God, why is my personal information on the internet? It was devastating. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I remember when I, I went, so I went to SUNY Albany. So I got that uh, cat skill thing going on. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh, yeah. But I remember when I was in college um, and this is before Facebook and anything, because you had to have a, you know, a college uh, 100%, uh -huh. uh, email to sign in. But I remember there was a website that came up 
and it was a website that anyone could post anything anonymously. Right. Mm-hmm. And it causes it caused such destruction across the campus. And now there's Twitter, right? Like yeah. <laughs> just, you could be anybody that, that you want to be. The United States used as bait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's really yeah. crazy. And I, I am really fortunate. They basically I mean, season two of American Idol, the producers, the network, they didn't know what they had. You know, they didn't know. Actually, talk about that a lot. A lot. They didn't know. So it was like the blind leading the blind, and we were relying on them to lead and guide us. When I tell you, I will say this to all of them, to all of the producers, to all of the executives, they protected us so hard that we, they had us in a bubble. They didn't, nobody could get to us. They didn't want anybody to get to us. We could barely watch the news. There was a war going on. The Gulf War was going on then. And they brought us all in at the same time. They were like, listen, we know that you guys are very isolated right now. We want you to know what's going on in the world because when you encounter the press, they're going to be asking about it. But we were so sheltered. And I'm so thankful for that because I don't think that that's happening now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Here's what I will say as a man who's in the trenches quite often, um, <laughs> as we have talked a lot, a lot in this show. Um, I've been so grateful to have such great cast members on the show, people that I've worked with. I mean, we are doing our best to make sure that we take care of people, right? Because that's ultimately our responsibility. Sure. We often do have to question what we're doing as people because it's also our job, right? So like there becomes a moment in our lives where we have to check our conscience a little bit at the door. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I have, Marie and I were talking about this earlier is like, you know, like where do we find that balance? Like, how do we find that balance? You know, like I'm not looking to take advantage of people, but I also know that I'm really good at, getting people to open up so mm-hmm. in a healthy manner, even if they don't in the moment feel like it is. Right. Right. You know? And I think as a, as an artist, you know, who does a lot of interviews, you know, early on, especially like after American Idol, you, you it didn't matter if your publicist gave a list of questions for them not to ask, they would ask them anyway. Sure. And it's like, where's the respect there? Where's the, where's the integrity? You know, don't do that. And so um, I finally, I finally, we right. just saw this with Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears where the right. stepped in and then it made her look bad and it was a whole thing. It's right. a whole thing. And, and I started, I basically started saying to people on air live, we asked you not to ask that question. So I'm going to pretend like you didn't answer, ask me that question and I'm going to move on. And if I tell you I don't want to answer that question and you keep asking me that question, then our interview is over. And so I kind of got a little bit of a bad rep for that because at the time, Clay and I were living together. We were best friends and he had confided in me and that's all people wanted to talk about. And I said, listen, if you want to talk to Clay, Clay's talk a grown Clay. man. Talk to yep. Clay. He's right behind me. He's right next if to you me. Wanna, if you want to talk to me, talk to me. It is not my it's not my business Amen. to tell his business. And by the way, he's my best friend. So why would I do that? Yeah, you know? You're and it's like, actually a person of integrity. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it is very, you know, 
it is very disrespectful, but I do think that things have shifted, right? So I, I think about, you know, where I am at this point in my life, you know, I'm 43 years old and I'm way more comfortable than I've ever been with myself in my entire life. So there's so many more things that I'm so comfortable talking about and just putting it out there. And so it's really great to have good conversation with people who, you know, who are genuinely interested in asking good questions. You know, I don't mind, like that's a conversation. We could be having a cocktail. I mean, I'm having a cocktail now, but we could be <laughs> same sister, same. <laughs> we could be at dinner. And I think that's what, you know, it should be about, you know, you want to share your stories because I think when you share, that's how you support and you uplift other people because everybody wants to know that you're on the same path as them. And yeah. we all we're all on the same path. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's to your point, you know, share your story, you know, yeah. like well, <laughs> your absolutely. story. You don't necessarily <laughs> often know that your story will impact somebody else. You know, you like never know, man. you never know. Right, so I have to understand this cooking thing because this <laughs> is how I knew. And this is what I told David Hernandez, one of my best friends. I said, if you ever introduce me to Kimberly Lock, two things are going to happen. We're going to sing Band of Gold together, which I already have on video. We sang that together. <laughs> we're going to talk about food because I grew up cooking. I'm Italian. And like, that is my thing. And so when I found out that you were doing stuff with Emerald, I was like, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> she sings she and she cooks. Is listening because <laughs> my, one of my favorite singers is cooking with the guy that I grew up watching next to my grandmother. With uh, wow. I remember I could tell you exactly from point A to point B what that studio on CBS looked like every day I came home from school before the Rosie O'Donnell show. I knew exactly it was a mint colored. They had white white uh little squares in the front i knew exactly they sat three people two people over here two people over here you said you watched with your grandmother no my because gr my grandmother was a chef yeah so i always watched that show there a snack involved when you watched emerald did oh. she give you a snack always always right yes. so isn't it funny like so some of my best memories and my only bet good memories with my dad are around food, right? And it took me a long time in my life to just kind of uncover that. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm a late bloomer with the cooking. Also, I'm a, I was a late bloomer with singing. Like, you know, I really didn't, I didn't come out of the womb singing, you know, I was singing, but I was not good. Okay. Um, <laughs> to get there. Um, but same thing with singing, like after, I probably, uh, I'm sorry, cooking. I, I didn't start really cooking until after American Idol. Um, you know, I was a model for Lane Bryant. Best job I ever had. I remember. At the top of my list of best jobs. And then immediately after that, you know, um, I got asked to, to lose weight on BH1 Celebrity Fit Club. I remember and, that. And then at the same it. time, right? At the same time, Jenny Craig was like, hey, you want to be a Jenny Craig spokesperson? So all this stuff was happening. I'm eating out of a box. I'm losing weight. I'm not very happy. <laughs> I'm eating out of a box. I'm like, all right, I got to figure out how to cook because this is not working for me. I like to you know, so I started cooking, you know, and I started with the basics, man. Like I, I started with the basics that you were probably cooking with your grandma when you were three. So, you know, I, and I started that at like 25. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I just had 
um, Thanksgiving with my sister and her family in Pennsylvania and my stepmom, my uh, dad drove up from North Carolina and my stepmom, who I've known most of my life because my dad and my mom never married. She said to me, she was like, you have talked about you've talked about cooking since you were at least five. And I was like, how does a five year old talk about cooking? And it was my grandmother put me in the kitchen with her and watching my poppy like roll the dough for pizzas and like learn how to like, like there's just something so magical. And I know you can speak this about what the generational wealth you get from. So, you know, use something like that with people you love. It's it's really funny that you say that. And I could see you in the kitchen with your grandma, even though I don't know her, I could see that visual. I just cooked my first meal with my nephew in September. I went to Tennessee um, my family had not met my fiance. So we went down and we rented a house and I had everybody over for dinner. And my nephew had spent the night with me the night before. And so I'm in the kitchen. And for me, cooking is like therapy. You know, when I was on the road traveling, I would come home and the first thing I would do was drop my bags. I'd get in the car and I'd go to the grocery store and I'd always make soup. Because chopping is so therapeutic to me. 100%. I'm in the kitchen and my nephew, he's kind of round and he's like, you know, he's walking around and, you know, I'm cooking some things that he's not that familiar with. So he's tasting stuff and I'm watching him. He's going behind my back, spitting stuff out because he doesn't really like it. How old is he? (laughs) He's like 10. So I said, you know, I said, do you want to help me? And he was like, yeah. So, you know, I'm making like a a one pot pasta. So I'm getting all the vegetables and stuff done. And after I chopped them, I put a mitt on his hand and I'm like, where the mitt? And he's standing there. And for a moment, I had like this outer body experience of, oh, my gosh, we're having a moment, you know, where we're sharing this experience. He was so focused and so concentrated on stirring like it's not it's not rocket science, right? But when you can engage a kid like that, yep. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it is something that's, it's pretty special, pretty special. Yeah, it, become, it becomes something different. And, yeah. it, you know, like uh, before my grandmother passed away and it's all why I find besides I love listening to you sing, but the cooking is like such a interesting aspect of, of my life and something that's so close to my heart. It's like when you really take a step back and realize like the impact you can have on something so simple, right. Of yep. sharing a well, recipe. Like I went this Thanksgiving and my niece and I made pumpkin bread together and like just teaching her how to fold ingredients, yeah. you know, yeah. like not, yeah. she not understanding like how to turn the spatula and like, Oh, this you is- got to get it from the bottom and like little things like that. Like, there's no shortage of things to talk about when you are in the kitchen and you're cooking, right? Like I, my show, what's cooking with Kimberly. I started that in 2011. And so now my goal is to evolve that into a cooking conversation, right? Because the important conversations happen in the kitchen, right? Sure. So, um, you know, Woody, I'm going to invite you to be my second guest in the kitchen. I've only had one. So I'm going to invite you to be Stop. my next guest in the kitchen because what I feel everybody's so comfortable I'm sorry most people are so comfortable in the kitchen whether they're doing or eating right that these beautiful organic conversations just happen because everybody the kitchen is kind of a level playing field right yep 
go in the kitchen and everybody's, it's all about the food, right? So you're either making food, eating food, looking for food or assisting, right? Or you're an observer, but the food is the focus. And so I want to have more of those conversations in the kitchen on what's cooking with Kimberly. And, you know, you talked about Emerald and Woody, I have to tell you, first of all, how lucky am I? that I get I mean, to, to learn from uh, like, that's like learning from Wolfgang yeah. Puck. Like, I mean, I can't, like, <laughs> well, like I'm every time we work together, it's like being in a master class with him. And oh, I, wow. every question that I can possibly think of. Your husband is a very lucky man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like when you really think about like what that means, like what cooking is like and the, and the groups and what it is for family and like just everything about cooking really inspires me. It's the same way with music. It's why like you and I joke about Mariah Carey. Like I, I just love her because I've, it's what I've grown up and what I love about music, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. Well, well to, to your point, when, when, when Kimberly first jumped on here, she said she's been thinking about Christmas music since, you know, July. So what about Christmas music, like, inspires you? Like, what gets you so excited about Christmas music? You know, that's such a great question, Marie. Um, you know, for me, like, growing up, like, you know, just full transparency. Food, like, family, friends. Yes, <laughs> all the Fs. <laughs> yeah, all the Fs. But, you know, I had, like, unfortunately like my childhood wasn't like always great right like it was Mm -hmm. it was it was tough my parents got divorced and I had a big family so when my parents got divorced all that kind of got broken up and it was fractured yeah I'm you know preaching to the choir so it's like you know Christmas was always that time I felt like that people would come together regardless of whatever. Mm-hmm. As I've gotten yeah. older, you know, I kind of feel like, yeah, that's maybe not the best thing. Cause never <laughs> yeah. anyway. but yeah. I always had Christmas in my heart. Right. Yep. And I feel like I had to learn how to celebrate Christmas regardless of what was going on. And it's not about Christmas. It's not about the religious aspect of it. It's about people are happier during the yeah. holiday. Yeah. People are nicer. People are more compelled to, you know, reach out and ask you, are you okay? Do you need anything? You know, let's, let's, let's be jolly and, you know, have some jolly old times during the holidays. I just, mm-hmm. I, yep. I love, I love what Christmas brings out of us as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. As a people, you know, my favorite place to be at Christmas is in New York City, man, because there's yep. nothing better than Christmas in New York City. And I'll say there's nothing better than Christmas in Connecticut when that snow starts to fall. And I feel so there's something magical about yep holiday season and we may not be able to like put our finger on it and pinpoint it but we know it's there you know it's it's not a holiday it's a feeling you know yeah it's a feeling it really is it truly is i mean i i definitely am probably uh (laughs) i mean my apartment (laughs) since the day after halloween has looked like 
the Christmas tree shop. So (laughs) I'm definitely not the best example for (laughs) for people that um, will take one holiday at a time uh, because I'm definitely not that person. (laughs) I I hear you. Hello. I mean, look at my my house. Yes. I just noticed your sweater. That is probably the ugliest sweater I've ever seen. (laughs) Which is why I got into podcasting because I love Jack Shepard and Kristen Bell. They started this show and I'm just... love love them love them so much so you're obviously you're coming out or you came out with a new album called christmas is here so the group that you're with are they just friends they play musical do they sing with you like i've noticed i've been listening to tracks obs and we were listening to them earlier but like how did you how did you come together and you did um the cool thing about it was that you did a like fundraiser right like you did supporters and you did like um and the whole thing where the people gave back to this and I know a lot about this um, and I'll tell you the story after, but tell me a little bit about your project. So that's funny that you brought that up. So I don't know, like, you know, I did a Christmas album in 2005. With Which the was late- amazing, by the way. Amazing. Right. Download it right now. No, right. <laughs> I had three number one Christmas songs off of that album, which apparently nobody has ever done in the history of music. Yes, yes. So, somebody said that to me the other day, and I was like, are you sure? You need to <laughs> well, next to Mariah, but we'll move on. That's fine. <laughs> so I did that album in 2005, and after that, you know, I, I'm an independent artist now. I'm not signed with a label, um, so I'm doing everything independently. I have a studio husband. And I love him dearly. And we work together regularly. And I said, you know what? Let's do a Christmas album. And he said, I've got the perfect band. And I was like, okay. So EMP3, they're out of Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. They are, yeah. Super, like, they're so talented. And, you know, I just said to them, let's do a project together. JC really loves you guys. Um, That's my partner. And, he thinks that we would be a really great fit. I said, so let's just do it. So we went in the studio and these guys are the kind of guys that you could just put them in a room together and kind of step out and they can jam together for three hours. And you, there you have your album. You just have to break it all up. You know, it's, they just kind of, they ebb and they flow very easily together. And so this album just kind of came together very organically. And I spent the year, two years prior to that, you know, like most of us do, I put on music choice and I listen to, you know, Christmas music when I'm at home. And I was hearing all of these Christmas songs that I never heard before. So I was like, I'm going to do an album of obscure Christmas songs. <laughs> and- I did. And and even Christmas is here. Do you know that that's a cover? I, know, I knew that. She didn't, Marie didn't know that. But uh, what are you done point at me, Woody? I'm like a oh, I'm an OG when it comes to Christmas. You can't. <laughs> that's like trying to say, oh, I didn't buy my purse at Canal Street. No, bitch, you definitely bought your purse at Canal Street. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where you got that purse. <laughs> Donna Summer originally covered Christmas is Here, or I'm sorry, she didn't cover it. She wrote it with um, Michael and Stormy O'Martian, and that was on her Christmas album, but nobody knows that song, and I'm a huge Donna Summer fan, so I was like, you know what? People need to hear this song, and so that's the title track, and when, when I hear that song, 
I smell pumpkin pie and I, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those songs. Like you have all, it, it hits all of your senses, whether you're, right, your or, you know, walking down the streets of New York city. Like it, it's that song that just kind of, it covers Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, actually. And you know what else covers everything for me? What's that? Oh. Let me have a moment. Take a moment. Me and you. Oh, wow, you're singing. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I had to have a moment. I can't not. That was a good moment, Wood. <laughs> that was a good moment. play the whole damn song. It wasn't that bad. It was Kim is so talented. She's funny. She can cook. She can sing. What can't you do, Kim? What can't you do? But what I do want to do is take a second and I do want to play a little bit of a song because I do love Christmas is here and I want to play a little bit of it for the audience and we're going to play it right now. Thanks, Woody. So good. So good. So good. Like, okay, so we would have made like the perfect holiday gift, the three of us <laughs> dancing in our little squares. With my poinsettia. That's all I got. <laughs> you have to cut that part out and send it to me so I can post it on my social. I mean, I look a mess, but I'm okay. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> is there oh. is there anything about um, the blessings that you've been able to give as as we wrap this up? Even though I don't want to, because I love you so much, but I know you have to go back to your husband and things. Um, <laughs> I I I will. I, well, here's what I will say, and I'm going to speak from the heart because I always do. Aww. 
Woody looks like he's gonna cry right now. <laughs> Stand by. Got it. It was I'm the music. Talking, talking to <laughs> I will. I will say that I am <clears throat> forever grateful that I get to be a part of things that really have changed my life. And what I was as JJ Gay, and we'll do a whole nother episode about that. <laughs> but um, what I was as JJ and what American Idol and football and everything brought to my life to be able to make me my most authentic self. Mm. You were a huge part of that. Wow. And- well, you, what, you know, like, it's so funny because, and I've never asked anybody this, but I'm going to ask you this because you're talking to me from a place of authenticity and I feel that, you know, people always ask me like, you know, why do you have such a, you know, why, why do you have such a huge gay following? And I'm like, I don't know, like <laughs> something about me that resonates with them, you know? So hearing you say that, you know, what was it, you know, I'm, you're the kind of the first person I'm asking this, like, what was it about me that resonated with you? You know, like I've always wondered that. Can I take a stab I mean, at this really quickly, real yeah, quickly? Yeah, I think, ahead. I think it takes, it takes a lot for somebody in this world to come out, you know, and that takes a, a very real person to come mm-hmm. out and be their true selves. And I think that's why people are attracted to people like you, Kim, who, who right. just, you know, you just like, even right now, you know, we just met, but like, I could just feel your realness and Woody, yeah. I mean, you Thank know, you. you know this, but I mean, <laughs> listen, I think everybody's gay. So don't, don't yeah. take it me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Most people are. In these days, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Woody, your stage. Everyone has a letter in the alphabet at this point. <laughs> Literally. Um, yes. But I, I will say, I think what it comes down to is, you know, there when we're going through something so pivotal in our lives and your season of American Idol was going, I'm going through the most pivotal moment in my life and trying to figure out like what that means and who I am. And like, am I coming off too gay? Am I not that like, is this right? Like, does this make sense? And I'm on the radio and like people are standing outside of our radio station with their kids, like making signs. Like, is this like something? And, and to see such grace and class through people that I just adore Mm -hmm. through us, something I hadn't even done at that point. I wasn't even working reality TV. I was just a fan of a fan. And I got to be a part of that and what that meant. And I think that that's where that love and admiration comes from because it was authentic. Take the show out of it, Kim. You're still going to be you, boo. You know what? And that you sat right there in New York with me and I went up to you and I fangirled out. I had an autographed poster that I (laughs) season two. And she was like, wow, you really are a fan. And I was like, yes, I'm totally going to queen out. Sorry. And I was like, we're <laughs> saying band to go with me. And she's saying band to go with me. And it was like, that was, those are Moment. the kind of moments like mm-hmm. where you really take a step back and go, well, wow. I yeah. have to tell you that nothing makes me happier than to hear you say that about me because I think that. You know, I don't care what you do in life or what your career choice is. Your career path doesn't matter, right? right. I, I think that during American Idol, what was really important to me is that I stayed grounded and I stayed true to who I was. And, you know, there's a period of time, and I'll probably write about it in my book one day, 
there was a four or five period of time where I completely isolated myself because I felt like I was losing it. I was losing sight of, I was losing me and I yeah. needed to really get connected. And it was a dark time for me, mm-hmm. but I do believe that through it all, I have done my best to remain authentic. And I believe that that authenticity is what really connects with people. And, you know, people share stuff with me that they probably shouldn't share with a stranger. Right. But they, they feel connected to me in some way. And I don't take that lightly. I feel like that is, that is, that is my, I don't want to say it's my responsibility, but when people feel that comfortable with you to just yes. kind of tell you stuff, it's like, I don't take that shit lightly. Like, yeah, you're like honored. Right, I'm honored. Like they just dropped a load off. And if I can yeah. help them, yeah. if I can help them re- find some relief in that way and to go out and be their true, authentic self, yes. then let's do it. Because I mean, that's what the world needs, more authenticity. You know, and and, and now I'm crying in the club, and now I am crying in the club, Woody. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just the truth. It's what it comes down to, and yeah. understanding, and compassion, and who we are as people, yeah. and how we find a different way to be more ourselves, and what that means for everybody, and understanding, and like, and 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 not. And realizing that we have that power, like we're able to change people's lives by just sharing a handshake or saying (laughs) hi or like, like, you know, like, and and understand that power is something that I am forever grateful for. And everyone that's been on my show today, I can see that power. And it's, I've said it about Oprah a million times. There are things in life that we are destined to be and who we are destined to be and walking in those footsteps is everything that I ever could have imagined it to be. Even if it doesn't necessarily have a solid footprint in every step I walk, but I know that in some way, shape or form, I'm able to help others. And that's what means the most to me. That's what it is. And that's, that's what I go. That's what's in front of me every step of the way. How do I inspire people, right? Yeah. And so right. I narrowed it all down to the artist, the coach, the cook. Those are the three things that I do that I love doing. And, and all of them, they inspire me and they inspire other people. And that's what it's really all about. And I feel like if I can't inspire myself, I damn sure can't inspire somebody else. So I'm always looking for my own inspiration. And, you know, I find it in, in some of the most simplest ways, you know, it can be, it can be as simple as, you know, I, I just reached out, you know, pastor John Gray, you know, John Gray is the pastor. He's he was from Texas, first African-American pastor at Joel Osteen's church. Oh, I love Joel Osteen. Yes, amazing. Okay. We did a a show for them for the Oprah Winfrey Network. And we did it like six years ago. And one of the cast members recently reached out to me on social media and was like, your show changed my life. My um, now husband and I have been together because of the experience we had in the show. And I was like, wait, y'all, 
like y'all actually really got married and y'all are together and like this is like <laughs> and y'all are happy and it's because of what we did and like that yeah. is what i love about and that's what it. we do in the art form you know it's, it's so like great so it really is great and i think that you know i encounter all kinds of people from all walks of life as, as you do right and yeah. You know, I'm at the place in my life where I refuse to have conversations with people that are not uplifting. You know, I'm not going to participate in a conversation where someone's beating themselves up. As a matter of fact, my my fiance is into hard, heavy metal music. And we, <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah, he took me to a show the other night and I engaged in a conversation with this lady and I looked at her and I was like, honey, I can't have this conversation with you because my glass is always half full. I said, so whatever you're saying, like you're, I, I believe the complete opposite. Your daughter, you know, her daughter is a ballerina and sure. she's like, oh, it's so hard. And it's this, I'm like, but look at her. She's working at a ball at a company, a ballet company. Like who, who can say they can do that? Like, and I, you know, I said, I'm not going to sit here and have this conversation with you because this is just not where I am. Like, so right. if you want to pivot and you want to shift, <laughs> I'm all yours, baby. Yeah. You know, we're not doing this. And I, I believe that, you know, and I've experienced this in my lifetime where you don't know what somebody's going through. And it is a word, a smile, a look, a gesture, a suggestion, Something so simple and something they're not even going to think twice about. It changes the trajectory of somebody else's life. And that's our power. And I, I believe I was, I'm so happy to hear you say that, Woody. Like, we don't understand our power as Mm -hmm. individuals, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have, I am continuing to grow into my power and my strength, my personal power. And I believe that that, that is that is the ultimate, you know, that's the ultimate piece of being a human being because we are so powerful. And I think more people are starting to believe that. And I think there's Mm -hmm. that we can't do that. You know, if we put our minds together and focus on a common goal, like even if you focus on it yourself in your own individual life, you don't need a, you don't need a posse. You just need to decide for yourself what it is for you and what it feels. And you'll draw and attract everything into you that you need to do exactly what you need to do. Yeah, I, agree. Oh, I agree. I love that. I so mean, I, I think there's a lot of power in just owning who we are yes. and, and, and not understanding what that is. There's a beautifulness in that. And like, you know what I, I, we don't need to understand everything because our brains can't, can't even contain like, no, they sure can't. I sure like, can't. To understand everything. I'm doing oh, a show. I'm not going to keep you. Go ahead. I'm doing a show at Birdland on December 13th. Yes, I was going to ask you. Talk about the shows that you're doing so people can go and buy tickets because yeah. I know I can't go to uh, Connecticut because I'm going to be on the road. But I do. I was very. I swear to God, if I go to StubHub right now, it comes up. Kimberly Locke is the number one thing because I was like, can I go to the show? <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm doing a show on December 13th at Birdland and then I'm doing a show in Connecticut, which is going to be a variety show. Like I've got dancers and horns and all this stuff, all these people coming. And then next year, I've already started booking shows for next year. And one of the shows is at the green room 42 on, in February. So be on the lookout. I for love that. that place. Yeah. I've been there. I'm looking forward to that. So 
Um, yeah, so you can always, you know, you know where to find me. Well, if you ever need somebody to maybe put tour together for you. Yeah. Oh, well, then, you know, I'm taking you to dinner. I'm coming to Edgewater. Okay, come on. We'll go right out here. We'll go over and get some oysters. (laughs) Yep. I love oysters. The pier, the restaurant, the pier. Yeah, it's literally, I live on the water. It's right there. All right. So I love that place. Um, And then we also have dinner at that. Marie has to come too. Marie will have to come with us. Are you in the. She's not from New York. Let's do it. I'm in Staten Island. What's the place I went to dinner? What's the place? It's at a restaurant, Evo, Evu, Inview. Oh, yeah, that's not far from me. We're not going there. That's by like 50s place. 50 Cent was like right up the way. It's over in that area. Yeah. All right. So, why don't we do this? To close out the show, I want everyone to give like 30 seconds of their last kind of like going into the new year. How's everyone feeling the holidays? Any wishes when this episode drops? Let's let's talk about it. What do you, what do you think, Kim? Uh, you know what? Life is good, man. And I am looking forward to next year, just more happiness and more joy and you know, more surprises cuz there's always something great right around the corner. What about you, Marie? Well, considering Thanksgiving was uh yesterday. No, um No, no. no. Oh, it's going to air later. Um well, <laughs> Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about, you know, how I have a lot to complain about, um, but more so how much I have to be thankful for. And I think that especially during the holiday seasons, we have to remember the good things in life and, you know, try to appreciate what we can while we have it, because you never know until it's gone. Great. And no, I can't, I don't know how I follow those acts, but I will, (laughs) I, um, I'm incredibly grateful that I have been so able to uh, cultivate a new relationship and sound and dialogue with this podcast. It's been so great. I've interviewed so many incredible people this year and like really had just such eye opening um, conversations. And this show has been fantastic. I'm so happy. I want to give it up uh, one time for Marie, my co-host. Thank you so much. Thank you, Woody. I love you to pieces. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm so happy to have had Cameron Ross from America's Got Talent, gay, out, country, superstar. That never happens. And I want to see more of it. So fantastic. Norm from the original Real World season one of OG York and homecoming on Paramount plus make sure you guys check it out. It's just fantastic. Um, and of course, Karen Huger from real housewives of Potomac. I mean, it doesn't get better. And I'm so honored that I got to help start that franchise. It's so wild to me when I look at that in the past and hold on, we got to play her clip real quick. Hold on. People come for me all the time. They just don't find me. Good. Did you hear it? <laughs> People come for me all the time. They just don't find me. <laughs> that's that's OG status, season one. <laughs> they just don't find me. <laughs> yeah. And of course, somebody who I love and I can't wait to squeeze and hug again, Miss Kimberly Locke. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. I love Thank you to pieces. Thank you again. I can't wait to have you for dinner. I can't wait either. <laughs> and I, I wish everyone uh, going to this new year uh, to remember the word empathy, because I think that when we are in a world where we often forget what other people are going through, that the biggest challenge we have is to put 
ourselves in other people's shoes and yep. to understand um, that their fight is our fight and the world is a better place when we help each other. So with that said, happy 2021. Here we come. Yes. 2022. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. I love you so much. Thank Thanks, you. So much. Love you back. Love Thanks, you so Woody. Thanks, Cam. Bye, guys. Let's do it. Bye. 2022. Here we come. <laughs> love you guys. Thank you. Have a great night. You too, babe. Bye. Bye.